Irish theremins after Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was yeah, good. No, no. Before we started recording here, we were talking about theremins. Like you do. As you do. Uh-huh. And I just happened to say the phrase, I got scared of theremins after Marilyn Manson. It sounds like a pretty good rap lyric. It flows so mm-hmm. good. It's like better than Cellar Door. It's the new Cellar it's Door. It's the new Cellar Door. <laughs> Take that, Drew Barrymore. I really did get creeped out, though. Like, there was that first... What was that first like really big Marilyn Manson video that looked like Willy Wonka? Oh yeah, uh-huh. I can't remember which one that was. I can't either. But I was probably like you know twelve or thirteen or something, mm-hmm. and it scared the shit out of me, dude. I think it was supposed to. Is that the purpose? Yeah, it worked. Fuck, mm-hmm. it scared me. I it gave you a little kid boner. Yeah. And then you just listen to Marilyn Manson after that. I said, this music is turning me to stone. <laughs> I'm becoming a statue. I don't like it. It was not good. <laughs> and not in the cool way, like in Mario 3 when you get the, the statue costume. Yeah, and you turn into stone. Yeah, that's the good way. Yeah, or when you get the tanuki suit and you fly with your dick coming out of the back. Yeah, well, you turn into a furry. Yeah. Yeah, that's that all that sense. is. <laughs> Welcome to Dead and, and Lovely, Lovely. <laughs> your favorite everything podcast. That's right. On the entire interweb, here with the hostess, with the most sis. It's me, Uncle Ben, and who you is? Hollywood Steve Spelter. Oh, Hollywood Steve, Roman through the Hollywood Hills. That's me. Now you're here in the East Coast in the now Dollywood, Dollywood Hills. How you mm-hmm. doing? Uh, I'm good, man. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Man, I'm always thirsty. Let me just go. Let me just go ahead and you tell me about your day while I get it started here. Let's pop open this Shalafli Coconut Cream Ale from the St. Louis Brewery. I've never had this. Nor have I. We're gonna find out about it. I like the words coconut cream together, and I like cream ale. Yeah. So should be a winner. Should be. Tell me about your day, Steve. Man, I'll tell you what. Um. I, I, my wife has been sick. Oh, sick wife. Yeah. And, you know, when you work in a hospital and you're sick, they don't want you to come in at all. No. So uh-uh. she's been at home sleeping a lot. And I've just been trying to be a good husband nurse. Look at you. You know, make sure she doesn't work too hard, which is the thing that's going to kill my wife. Yeah. Like she'll be, she'll be on her deathbed. And the trash will need to be, uh, like, dumped out. Yeah. And she'll get up and do it. She's got that that work focus. Yeah. She gets absolutely focused on work 100%. And when she's sick, it's hard for her to relax. But she's been relaxing and listening to our podcast. Good deal. I heard her listening to the Jurassic Park episode today. Well, they say laughter is the best medicine. Mm -hmm. We also watched A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own? You Mm -hmm. don't say. Yeah. My it's been a minute movie. since I watched that, and that's a great flick. It is a great one. That's yeah. an anytime watcher. Yeah. You got old T. Hanks in there, Mr. Thanks. Uh-huh. Mr. Thanks, yeah. You got a Rosie O'Donnell. Uh-huh. Madonna. Everybody's oh, yeah. favorite. The Madonna's in there, mm-hmm. too. That's right. It. Uh, Tank Girl is in it. Tank Girl is yeah. in it, and she's annoying. Kind of. She really is. Let's try this beer scenario yeah, let's here. Get it. it looks almost as if it's got little floaty... Oh coconut bits in it or something mm. almost doesn't it this needs to be particles of some kind how's that treating you hmm with the name coconut cream i expect it to be like dark but this is actually quite golden and it light is. looking it is creamy does it taste coconutty it does you get the smell of coconut i don't know how much it oh. tastes like coconut oh no i definitely get the coconut in okay there. 
Oh, damn. That is a deadly addiction. Okay, I am yeah, I'm way on board yeah. with this. That coconut's there. Holy moly. Yeah, I want to drink one of these on a bitch. <laughs> damn. It it doesn't do that thing like Malibu rum where it tastes like uh, uh, suntan lotion. Uh-huh. It, it really does taste like coconut. Yeah. Like real coconut. Yeah, yeah. Like not, not a like fake coconut flavor, yeah. I am way on board with that. I saw that several times at the grocery. Yeah. And now I'm regretting every time I didn't get it because holy fuck. Mm-hmm. That is good. I assume there's a lot of sugar in there. Probably so. It's only like 5.5%, so it's not super strong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's probably a one and done affair. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have six of those. No, uh-uh. But Definitely it's good. Not. So League of Their Own, upon revisiting, you still liked it? Uh-huh, yeah. But I still do want to make my remake, A League of Their Own, yeah. where I just remake A League of Their Own with Charlie Theron playing every role. All the parts. And just for fun, I'm going to bring Justin Theron on to really? help with the script. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like all of that, really. That's a pretty good idea. I just want the headline on Variety to be, Thoreau on Theron video, our movie. <laughs> I dig that, man. Yeah. What else have you been watching this week? You think good? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it is on HBO. What um, is? The It is. Who's on first? Third base. <laughs> pop goes the wheeze, goes the wheeze, goes pop. <laughs> we got there. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we wanted to get to our third base reference. <laughs> Um, I, it the the new version of it, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. my wife hasn't seen it. I've seen it a couple times. Oh. Um, um, I'd been wanting her to see it. Yeah, yeah. And so she again, she's sick, and I kind of held her hostage. Did she well, like it? Yeah, no, she loved it. Okay, um, good. Uh, she loved Finn Wolfhard as Richie because he's fucking awesome. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she loved it a lot. Uh, she's been very emotional while she's been sick. Okay. And um. She she ended up crying during it, which well, was when the the song by the Cure came on. Yeah, that's a natural reaction, yeah, of course. Yeah, she also cried during Leave Their Own. Well, that's also quite yeah, natural. you have to. Yeah, yeah. When the sisters meet at the end and they haven't seen each other, I in guess like a million years. Yeah, apparently, despite <laughs> the fact that that all the grandkids know the other one. Yeah, the the sisters haven't seen each other because they look at each other like. Oh my God, Dottie! Wait, what if, what if there's like this unspoken Alzheimer's storyline in there? Oh shit! Where they act like they haven't seen each other, and the other one just goes with it. Yeah, so she doesn't remember. I'm gonna assume Kit then was the one with Alzheimer's because so. Dottie seemed to remember everything. Yeah, exactly. Old Dottie, that is. Yeah, and that's why the grandkids also remember her, but she's acting like, "Oh, I haven't seen Kit in a long time." Oh, yeah. this is the first time. Yeah, don't want to freak Kit out. Oh. I gotta watch it again. I haven't seen it since theaters. Yeah, check and it out I again. I really liked it. That was one of my favorites of, of last year, it's honestly. It's still really good. It holds up. Is it like a director's cut with more shit in it or just no, the theatrical? No, just regular old. I If there is a director's cut, I'd like to see it, though. I heard that there was supposed to be rumors that there was gonna be, like, when it was released on Blu-ray, like, one mm-hmm. with 20 extra minutes or some shit in there. It's already pretty long, though. It's a pretty long yes, flick. Two and a half. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel overly long, but... It, by the end of it, you're like, oh, okay. that This is the perfect time for this to end. How are they going to sell it part two with all the adult actors when you can't rely on the charm of the kids? That's going to be a tough one, it seems. Well, there's only one Chris Pratt. He can't play everybody. <laughs> he could, or can he? He could try. I mean, Martin Lawrence did it. 
That's Wait, true. Did, didn't he? Big Mama's House? Did he play more than one character in there? I think that's right. Well, Eddie Murphy did it. Then, yeah. Martin Lawrence didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious to see how they're going to pull it off. Because the kids in the new version of It are so charismatic and awesome mm-hmm. and charming. They so really are. I got their work cut out for a man. Well, I got to go and watch it. You said it's on home box office viewing It's service? on the home box office. Um, I did notice, I didn't notice it much the first two times I watched it because I was just enjoying it. Yeah. I did notice that Mike's story is really weak in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I maybe, maybe it'll be like in the second part of the original where mm-hmm. Mike is kind of the one who's bringing them all together. Well, that's the thing that doesn't make sense, though, is that they, you know, Mike was supposed to bring everybody to get it together because he's the one that did all the research and history. Yeah, so, reading. yeah, but they replaced him. Yeah. They so get, he really didn't have much kid. to do. Yeah, no. Yeah. I know, so I can't really figure that out either. I'm not really sure why they did that bit of character. Unless swapping. he's going to have a bigger role in the second one or, <laughs> or if they're just going to keep it as like, yeah, he's barely involved, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But he gets hit a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had time to watch anything this week. I've been so busy getting ready for shows and working on my YouTube channel and all that stuff that I I have not watched anything other than our feature presentation today. Mm. TCM, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I have been watching some really horrifying stuff where the President of the United States has been rearranging reality. You've been watching the horror movie of of reality? Yeah. Red Dawn, kind of the softcore version. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. The horror movie really, though, is the reactions of the people that are fine with it. Yeah, the mass hypnosis of people who are just like, okay, yeah, fuck Russia. Okay, wait, we kind of like Russia because it got him elected. Oh, wait, okay, he says that Putin didn't have anything to do with it. Okay, yeah, he says he has something to do with it. Like, how malleable are uh, all these fucking people's brains? And why don't they have a problem with the fact that uh, Russia wants to take that former uh, ambassador yeah. and question him yeah. because he fucked up a big deal that would have made Putin a lot of money? Yeah. How about that? And Trump's cool with it. I can't... He's cool with Russia questioning a former ambassador. Yeah. I can't figure any of this bullshit out. No, it's It's crazy. It's just lunacy to me, man. And I like to think that... I don't know, man. I was about to say that, like, if, if, you know, a Democrat was acting the same way, that I would be like, whoa, pump the brakes on this guy. I would be like that. Yeah, because... I always am. Yeah, because honestly, the thing is, is like, I don't know, man. Party politics... It's I'm bullshit. on the red team, I'm on the blue team, yeah. is what is truly destroying America. Mm-hmm. So I would like to think of myself as being like, I don't care if it's red or blue. Mm-hmm. You know, if this guy is bullshitting around and changing his mind and saying, yeah. well, I meant wood, and, wood instead of wouldn't, or what the fuck ever he said. Yeah. I would like to think I'd be like, okay, this guy's stupid. I want it so to bad. get fucking pared down to democratic socialism and libertarianism. Uh-huh. I want two sides of an argument. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's not two sides of an argument. I just want person versus person. I don't even want parties involved. That I would think, be nice. I think that seriously, whenever you even say, this guy's a Democrat. He works for the blue team. This guy's a Republican. Yeah, that's all it is. Team. Yeah, there's no real difference. Yeah, like, well, you could instantly... be a Democrat in West Virginia means yeah. you're a Republican in any other yeah, state. Yeah, exactly. But because... If you're a red team guy and you see blue team, you automatically go, oh, that's not my kind of guy. Yeah. Party politics is a bunch of fucking bullshit. I just wish it was person versus person, and you judge them on their own merits, not on red tie or blue tie. Yeah. But, man, I just cannot believe people's reactions and stuff like you're saying, this mass hypnosis 
that is going on. Driving me fucking nuts, man. It's crazy Give you talk. the agita. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, since I haven't watched anything this week. Sure. And I have nothing to add to this conversation. Oh, okay. I want to ask you a question related to Texas Shinsaw Massacre. Okay. Since this movie is concerning the Sawyer family, uh-huh. which apparently has some great barbecue. Yeah. I'd like to know about your barbecue preferences. As being a person okay. from the South, mm-hmm. we all have our own barbecue preferences yeah. stuff. You got your, your well, Carolina I'm, type barbecue. You got mm-hmm. a Texas Well, you got thing. North Carolina and South Carolina. Very different. different. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So where, where are you at on the BB Quay spectrum? Man, I love barbecue. And yeah. I'm not exaggerating. I don't care what style it is. I, I'm not picky. I love every type. And I've had most of the types that you can get here in America. Yeah. I've had some Missouri barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Little Kansas City type. Mm-hmm. I've had barbecue in Texas. Mm-hmm, Good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. A dry had, rig, yeah. I've had some Korean barbecue. Oh. Delicious. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, all throughout Tennessee, I mean, there's, there's Tennessee in the memphis area has a particular uh uh reputation yeah yeah for a vinegar type of barbecue that's delicious Uh awesome but here in east tennessee we're actually more like a western western north carolina type of barbecue sauce it's a ketchup based and it's a little more like everybody brown sugary yep everybody's meemaw is just mixing up ketchup and mustard and brown sugar Mm -hmm. and barbecue sauce yeah yeah but it's great yeah does job but the thing the thing about I would say our sauce around here is that you could put it on anything mm-hmm. and it'll yeah. make it taste better. <laughs> um, it's not about featuring the meat here yeah. quite as much. Yeah, yeah. Other yeah. places are all about the quality yeah. of the meat and stuff. But uh, we've got good barbecue places in Knoxville that really do feature the meat for sure. Yeah, sweet peas at the bomb. Mm-hmm. Sweet peas is awesome. Um, but I, also, I my wife really loves South Carolina mustard barbecue. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, that's not for me. I like it. I'm not a uh, mustard, but it's not my favorite. Yeah, yeah. My well, favorite is I. I like brisket, so my favorite okay. would be Texas. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, they got that shit down. Brisket's the best. You got a particular place when you think of like the best barbecue you've ever had? Is there anything that just comes to mind? Oh gosh, the place <laughs> that served people at a gas station. Uh, yeah, that place was real. Service good. was weird though. <laughs> Actually, one of the best barbecue uh, sandwiches I ever had came from a place on Magnolia. Oh, that, Buddy's. Yeah, yes, Buddy's, Buddy's barbecue. barbecue. <laughs> It was a place on Magnolia here in Knoxville that I don't think exists anymore, yeah. and my roommate got it. I never even went there, but when I ate the sandwich, it it was perfect. Wow! It, like just tasted perfect. It was pork. I don't eat pork anymore, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it it was great. So good. Um, I don't know though. The best barbecue. I I had some barbecue in Houston. Don't remember the place. Yeah. Like name of the place because I was. A bit jet lagged, but it was so good. Such yeah. good brisket. I love a good brisket as mm. well. There's some good burnt ends and stuff. Burnt That's ends. always delightful. Dead end barbecue here in Knoxville has great burnt, in, Do burnt they? ends. Yeah. I had theirs. Uh-huh. Man, when I think of like best barbecue I've ever had, it's not even a moment's hesitation before I think about Pappy's in St. Louis. Oh, you've been to Pappy's. Holy I fucking God. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, man, is like playing music and stuff. And traveling all over the place. Yeah. I've mentioned this on another show, probably on Green Room or something. But it's like you you overdose on barbecue so fast. Yeah. Because it's always what, you know, catering gets to feed uh-huh. 
eight sweaty dudes that are showing up. Best way to do it. Oh, we got the best barbecue in town. It's like, I have heard that. Everywhere? Literally everywhere I've ever gone. Oh, we got the best barbecue in town and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So it's like, it's very easy for me for barbecue just to become just, you know, white noise, basically. Mm -hmm. It's just like, well, it's food, I guess, and I'm not paying for it, so I'm (laughs) thankful. Yeah. But dude, Pappy's is is unreal it's unbelievable like you'll go there and you'll wait you know 40 minutes 30 minutes to place your order uh-huh. and it will be absolutely worth it okay. it's like the perfect balance of salty and smoky the meat and stuff is real smoky mm-hmm. super good super tender and then it's like man i'm trying to even recall what their what their sauce was like i just remember thinking it was it was the best like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of barbecue sauces around here that that thick yeah gloppy casey masterpiece kind of bullshit yeah. I, I don't like that at all yeah it, i but at the same time that I, can be real good it can be good with fries yeah. like it can oh, be good yeah, with yeah. other stuff yeah yeah or sure. even as pizza sauce sure for yeah. a barbecue chicken mm-hmm. pizza or something but like i also don't tend to like the super watery vinegar based sauces that are just like they just make your bun soggy yeah if you're having a sandwich or something i don't yeah. like that either so it's like i like a good in between mm-hmm. where you know it's loose. It's not all gloppy and stuff, but at the same time, it's not just like water consistency. Mm-hmm. And I like a sweet and a hot. I like hot. Yeah, most mm-hmm. most barbecue sauces are not nearly hot enough. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I agree with that. Have you ever had Alabama white barbecue sauce? No, but it's I've a, heard tell of it. Yeah, What's it it's about? a mayonnaise base. I've never uh, had it. You kind of lost it. There. You don't like mayo? I'm not, a, I'm not a mayo man. Oh, I love mayo. That ain't for me, man. That ain't oh, for me. Oh, no. Mm-mm. You don't like pickles. No. You don't like mustard. Nope. And you don't like mayonnaise. Correct. You, I like things that are nice. You could never have a sandwich. <laughs> I've had a sandwich. No. Nope. Don't you dare suggest I've never no had a sandwich. No sandwich for I've you, had many sir. i a sandwich in my time. <laughs> I'll show you a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, man. It's not It's not for me at all. Yeah, okay. If I'm going to a grocery store, mm-hmm. I'm getting a Stubbs barbecue sauce. You ever Stubbs. have Stubbs? Okay. I like Sweet Baby Ray's. Okay, it, dude. Stubbs is better. Stubbs is better? Yeah, get the Stubbs, like, hot and spicy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's fucking awesome. What I do, I have this, uh, uh, I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called sl- Slap a Pig or something like that. Okay. Pig Slap? I don't remember. Uh-huh. It's a it's a South Carolina barbecue sauce, and I will take equal parts of that. It's it's a runny mustard sauce. Okay. Equal parts of that and uh, Sweet Baby Ray's, and you get a, a less thick sauce, mm-hmm. plus you get that that mustard infusion, which Listen I like a lot. You, just, you said runny mustard. You can't tell me that sounds good. It's so good. That sounds awful. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Now, on the subject of today's show is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're from 1974? Uh, 1974. Man, October 1st. Alive. Good Lord. What an old-timey movie. It's older than me. Way older than me. Yeah, it's got a decade solid on me. Holy shit, it's crazy. I always forget about how early this movie came out. Yeah, I mean it was it was ahead of its time. Oh for God, sure. yeah, dude, you kidding? And it's like it was based on no blueprint. Yeah, no, no blueprint. I mean uh, exploitation films, I guess of the time maybe. Um, have you ever seen Spider Baby? No, kind of based off Spider Baby a little bit. Hmm. About a weird family it, I, that has Sid Haig in it. As well. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Check That's that out. Cool. Sometimes. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's way different. Yeah. And yeah, it, it just it it came out a little. It came out six years after Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So there was already that sort of precedent of uh, 
disgusting violence alongside some social satire. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't... I mean, that movie wasn't anything no. near as... No, it didn't reach this I level I mean, just grueling and depraved mm-hmm. as this fucking movie is. Yeah. It is truly absolutely phenomenal. And it's also featuring one of the most phenomenally annoying <laughs> characters in horror history. <laughs> Sally! Sally! <laughs> I'm talking about my main man. Franklin. Franklin. Uh-huh. Who is just unbelievably... Yeah irritating the entire fucking movie so i yes. think i think before we get into our review portion of uh of texas chainsaw here i think i want to step into the preview palace mm-hmm. and uh spend some time palace. is that what we call it that's what we're what we calling call it. it and uh let's talk about some of the other most irritating characters in horror history franklin is really bad but there's a couple mm-hmm. that that might just have him beat. Who's the first person you think of when you think of an annoying character in a horror flick? Uh, Sam from The Babadook. Jesus God, man. That kid from The Babadook is not only the most annoying character in a horror movie. Yeah. The most annoying character maybe in a movie. I'm really having a hard time coming up with characters that are more just stress-inducing well, and irritating. Tom Green and Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Well, but like at the same time, it's like, yeah, you you can pull out the ubiquitous Jar Jar and stuff like that, of course. But it's like that kid in this movie, it's like not only is he really fucking annoying, Mm -hmm. he looks annoying. Yeah. And he also just stresses me out. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, I feel the stress of that movie through that kid's. Dude, when he's just in the backseat and he's screaming and stuff and doing stupid magic shit. Why Fuck. can't you be normal? <laughs> yeah, it's like, thanks Fucking for saying what we're perfect. all thinking. Yes. God, dude, that kid is absolutely yeah, the he's worst. worst. To hear all of our thoughts on it, be sure to check out our Babadook episode. Yeah, yeah rate review good. on iTunes. I like that one. That is a good episode, mm-hmm. actually. We got a lot of good feedback on yeah. that one. It's because it's fucking awesome. It is. What do you well, think you're dealing with? The podcast chumps? Nope. The motherfucking that's not champs. Us. If we were the podcast chumps, we'd be... Say you love Satan. Bring it on, say oh, you love Satan. Oh, talking shit. What's up now? Talking shit. Damn, look at you. Yeah, Sam, that's definitely a very that's a very annoying boy right there. What about our main man, Shelly? Shelly? <laughs> he looks like Franklin. He really does. He's yeah. from 13th part uh, three. three. The, the 3D, 3D one. one, yeah. Also, check out a review of that on our back episodes. <laughs> yeah. Right and view on iTunes. That was a recent one. That was. It was good. He is extremely irritating. Constantly doing his stupid fucking gags and pranks and stuff, being not funny. I um, I w- <laughs> I really hated Shelly like so much because yeah, he's terrible. also he's also like an incel type of character. Oh, absolutely. Too. How come nobody will fuck me? It's because I'm annoying. <laughs> no, but he doesn't think he's good. I'm such a nice guy. Why don't people fuck me? Blah yeah. blah blah. And oh, just, yeah. dude, the, the compliment All the fishing. pranks, the Ugh. constant, like, yeah, the compliment fishing, the constant, like, just being a, a general dick and expecting people to love it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I hated that about Shelly. Not my kind of guy. Would no. not hang with him. No. Tell you zero what, of zero. Now that I'm, like, nearing the bottom of this half glass, this coconut cream ale, about done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, um... Uh, it kind of overstays its welcome. I know, right? Yeah. It's like at first I was I was enchanted by its yeah. coconutty goodness. I bet if I was eating something with lime in it, Ooh. it would probably balance out better. It's probably something. Maybe combine it with a fish. Would you put the lime 
in the, the coconut. coconut. You take the lime and the coconut, you put them both together. Yeah, so that's what you would do. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm at the bottom of it, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of, kind of done with it. I'm kind of glad I'm just splitting a halfie with you here. Yeah, for real. Drink a whole I, one I'm right glad now. we're not sitting here with a twelve pack. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where it's just kind of. I think due to the flavor and the sweetness, it's kind of like having a soda or something. Yeah. And I don't want that. So, Ben. Yeah. Let me tell you about everybody in the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> Having never seen the Blair Witch Project, I look forward to you telling me about them. Are they the um, worst or are they the best? They're pretty annoying. All of them. They're very Well, not everybody in the movie, technically, but the three main characters who are the predominant part of the movie... Gosh, yeah, they get real annoying. Yeah? They get real annoying. I mean, you know, it's it's the first big POV horror movie, mm-hmm. so you're already kind of annoyed at the bad camera work and uh, the way it's, like, you know, moving constantly, mm-hmm. and then they're, like, screaming in, into the camera, basically. Yeah. He gets annoying, but you should see it. I, it's, it's one of it's those... It's crazy that you, you know, haven't. I know, and it's like, I feel like if I... How about we do it? Maybe sometime. we'll just do it on the show, yeah, because yeah. that, that would be fun having me being a guy that was, you know, born in 1984 yeah. and I've never having seen that. That's yeah, kind of I odd. saw it in theaters, and that was, you know, I was in high school. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I didn't love it, yeah. but it was one of those that uh, everybody saw. It was like a, a quiet place, uh-huh. yeah, you know, yeah. how like everybody. You didn't have to be in horror movies to see a quiet place. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody saw ba- the Babadook, so. It was nice to have that to talk about at school. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you guys actually saw a horror movie? And then, of course, you find out that that's the only horror movie they've ever seen, and it scared the shit out of them. Oh. And it's like, I hate you. I do need to watch it. Uh, I have a feeling the romance will be lost upon me. Everybody really is annoying in it. Yeah. (laughs) Really. Yeah. And especially since you've probably seen uh, so many better POV horror movies mm-hmm, that yeah. are better done and you know shot with a better eye instead right. of because they really did just give these three actors cameras yeah and they didn't know you know what they well, were doing I remember though is one of those things that at the same time as you know as all that hype was going on about it and stuff like that and there's all this love it or hate it thing going on I do remember thinking wow that's a pretty fucking smart idea for a movie. Yeah. Because you're it's so cheap. Well, you're allowed to make it look like shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you're making, oh, I'm going to go out and make a real movie mm-hmm. with these shitty cameras that are all that I can afford because I'm just a kid in the fucking late 90s, then it's going to look so bad that nobody will ever pick it up. Yeah. But if you're like, oh, no, it's supposed to look this way. It's found footage. It's like it was filmed like this and somebody found it. It's fucking smart. It's I would really say... Smart. Um, it is. It's genius. I would say the main reason to watch the Blair Witch will be to watch the newer Blair Witch uh-huh. that came out a few years oh, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And catch the references from the old ones. Is it because the newer one is pretty good horror movie? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Pretty good, I would say. Not great. Still has some of the same old annoying things from the first one. Yeah. But the camera works amazing. Right. Uh, and and it, it all looks so much better, I think. Hmm. And right. the characters play better. Give that a scope out. Check her out. I'll tell you who irritates me. Tell me who. This motherfucking evil Ed from Fright Night. 
You're so cool, Brewster. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> dude. But check out our Friday night episode that came in <laughs> hey. No Vampire last year. A true rate and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I know that a lot of people have this huge heart on for that movie. Yeah, people I, love Fright Night, man. Yeah, they it, love it. It's got some okay comedy with uh, Ronnie McDowell, but yeah, and some like decent special effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, it's not great. Evil Ed is so annoying. He's Super totally got annoying. that face that's in need of a punch. Back five finger seat. A Hawaiian punch. Ho! Yeah, dude. I give him one of those weird albino Hawaiian guy punches. Uh-huh. Why was he so pale? I hate Evil Ed so much. He's the worst. Stupid fucking hair. Mm-hmm. All of his stupid one-liners that don't make any fucking sense. No. His death scene's good, though. His death scene is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, like, kind of felt bad about how much I hated him whenever we got to that part. Because he, he totally dies, like, a really pitiful yeah. death. Yeah, the he's actor really wasn't good. terrible. I, he's really good at irritating me, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, does that make and him good? And doing gay porn. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't uh-huh. he? I he, watched he, it. Because he didn't want to be in a sequel to Fright Night. They were going to bring him back. And then he was in 976 Evil, which, oh. I mean... Is a movie. Is a movie. Yeah. Then gay porn. Huh. Yeah. What a timeline. <laughs> who do you hate, Steve? Um, well, let's talk about a guy who I talk mad shit about <laughs> in the Final Destination episode. <laughs> Carter. Which one is Carter? Carter is the bully dude who drives the black car and he's like overly intense about everything. Yeah. He yeah, yeah, annoyed yeah. The ever loving shit out of me. <laughs> did he like remind you of somebody you knew or something? No, I guess he did remind me of like people I have known in the past, but like amped up to the yeah. like nth degree, where it's just like, how could you be? Because he's just so aggressive and so stupid. Yeah, but like it's a great combination. He should be a politician. <laughs> and I know this isn't, you know, like. <laughs> Because remember, the music in Final Destination is so bad. Is aw- Wait, bad? So it's great. bad. That song at the funeral. Oh, my God. The song at the very end of the movie. <laughs> what's it say? Something something about a demon. Oh, right. Oh, my God. What is that song? It's like, are you the demon or am I the demon or something stupid? Oh, that was the worst fucking Oh, man. Dude, that that is the worst. That is like the worst title credit song yeah it's and the so music fucking bad. like at one point uh carter is listening to nine inch nails which is probably the only good song on the entire soundtrack yeah. but it's also like that guy wouldn't listen to nine inch nails doesn't seem like his scene and then later they're listening to a song in his car and it's like all the candles in the world <laughs> couldn't calculate my love is that a davy stranger song it sounds like it <laughs> Dude, you fucking hated that. I movie. hate that, dude. Like, you hate I hate it so bad. And the, I guess, like, honestly, the actor deserves credit for making such a hate because you're not supposed to like him. That's true. Yeah. And I don't. Uh, there's no one thing I could put my finger on that like is in the script that would make you hate him that much. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously the actor was like, "I'm gonna be a fucking tool." <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's a pretty he's a pretty hateable dude. I gotta say, check gotta out our Final Destination there. episode if you want to hear me go off about how much I hate Final Destination and me just kind of be nostalgic about the nineties. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I give it a pass because it reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about one of the more irritating people in every movie that she's in? Who is that? Sherry Moon Zombie. Oh yeah. Why doesn't she quit acting? <laughs> Maybe that. I don't know. Because her husband keeps putting her in his movies. I wonder why. Um, He he wants that character. That she's, one character she yeah, always is. Yeah, that one is. character she right. always plays. She's, yeah, you're right. She's annoying. Um, I I would say in... Lord, I, I, I said this earlier when we were talking about this. In Lords of Salem, which isn't a great movie... I've heard. I haven't seen she, it. She plays a completely different role, and she does well. Is she like a not irritating, fucking annoying piece of shit in it? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. She's a. She's like a not irritating, not annoying, mm-hmm. still a piece of shit person. Oh, okay. Run on. But I mean, everybody in a Rob Zombie movie is a piece of shit yeah, person. Yeah, exactly. Right? There's no, like, not a lot of good people in those yeah. things, really. Dude, her in uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is intolerable. Yeah. Wasn't that her first role ever? I would guess so. Yeah. I would guess so. And she's like, I would say she's maybe a little better in uh, Devil's Rejects. She's tolerable. Because she's supposed to just be sadistic. Yeah. And that works. Taunting and irritating people. Yeah. Uh I mean, kind of everybody is, though, really. Yeah. Yeah. That whole family, the Fireflies. Yeah. 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 They're all. They don't care if they annoy you. Including old Bill Mosley. Yeah. A.K.A. Chop Top from TCM2. Hey, speaking of characters that annoy you, that one. Chop Top from uh-huh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He was annoying as shit. He's really, 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 really A lot really of people annoying. love him and they think do. he's super funny. Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, I don't get him. I don't really. like. I like that movie. I, I like do too. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 a lot. Yeah, it's like early meta horror, it feels like to me. Like... Yeah, they that's were kind of the really I get going too. for. Let's make fun of sequels. I think so, yeah. which is odd considering that they did that on part two. Yeah, you know, after like making one of the most iconic legendary it, horror flicks, ever. and it was twelve years later. Damn, was it that much yeah. later? Nineteen eighty-six. Whoa! So it was in like full cocaine heyday, uh-huh. which you can <laughs> definitely tell. Yeah, but I mean, that's after that's after uh, uh, he did. Uh, uh, shit, the the haunted house with Craig T. Nelson. Oh, Poltergeist. Uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. Though there's well, some I was gonna debate say, over. Did he do yeah. it? Actually, was <laughs> debate he just over how much directing he did there on that movie. when it was being made. Yeah, maybe it was like that. I mean, but that's not his fault. According to Steven Spielberg, basically there was going to be a, a strike, and he there was some directors guild situation where if he were signed on as the director it wouldn't have worked really so he signed on toby hooper and then just directed it basically mm. all right i'll i'll, I'll show you him it. to do <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah chop top is pretty fucking annoying though is he supposed yeah. to be the hitchhiker no he's his brother Okay, because like I've heard a bunch of people say, yeah, that's why he's got the metal plate in his head, just because he got run over. Well, I would it's explain totally it, but no, is he got that in Vietnam? 
See, that's that's the thing that I was wondering about too, is because he's all kind of like flower power and shit. Yeah, and it's like the hitchhiker is definitely not. No, but oh man, I can't wait. To, I I love this movie, and I can't wait to talk about oh, all, no. everything I've learned about all the characters in the past couple days. But oh no doubt. Yeah, but uh, I I think Top Top is not far off, in fact, from the hitchhiker. Yeah, but they're brothers. Okay, so right that that's that would explain that. And he Family during the uh, during the first film, he was away. Um, I think I think the explanation was he he was away in San Francisco or something like really yeah being a hippie. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah, there's somebody like but that's some subwoofers now. Did you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was like thunder, and then I was like, that's too rhythmic for thunder. <laughs> Who the hell is that? Somebody in a Honda CRX? I think it's a CRX. I smell curve. <laughs> well, I smell cool water, dude. Oh my <laughs> god, man, curve is the worst. Yo, I like. Cool I smell off brand CK one. Damn it, dude, like, <laughs> you're insulting me so much right yeah. out of my face. Did you, wear, did you wear that in high school? Dude, Kate, or, well, I guess Kate wears, that day. Kate wears cool water now. Cool water smells and good. And I love sure. it. It's it smells best. good on her, I bet. Yeah. Listen, the thing about any, well, not any clone, but most clones, is that uh, if you if you have a negative association with it, it's because somebody wore it too much. Oh, yeah. Like, way Curve. too much of it. Yeah. Or it, somebody wore it and it didn't interact well with their natural. That smell. is a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. And and I, my old school jam was Gender One, which was an off-brand oh, CK1. CK1. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. Well, so. Curve was my high school jam. Okay, so, all right, okay, all we're right. all being made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> I like a CK1 though. Uh-huh. I still do, and I still wear it. I ain't ashamed. Uh uh-uh. uh I ain't afeard of nothing. Burberry. That's where it's at. Polo. Hey. Brute. Brutes. Brute. Oh, man. It's been a minute since anybody had that on. <laughs> For real. Hasn't it? Ugh. God, that's fucking funny. All right, what about another annoying person, namely Barbara? They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Mm-hmm. From Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Check it's... out our Night of the Living Dead episode. For real, that one's a great episode. That is our most listened to episode. Is it seriously? So, yeah. I would Sick, highly recommend dude. it. People well, tend to like it. Apparently, that's a good one. Um, she is annoying in that she's catatonic most of the time. Yeah, she's kind she of the, so useless. The, the, the trope that you always see people making fun of in horror movies of just like a blonde lady who screams and falls down and mm-hmm. trips and faints. Yeah, she's Barbara. where that comes from. Yeah, that's, that's, Barbara <laughs> that's Barbara right there. Not exactly a great character. No. Love that movie, though. Yeah, that's a great movie. And um, it, it does not It does have another female character who... Because uh, it, it would seem like, oh, they just couldn't write a good female character. But no, they were writing a very specific type of character because the mom down in the basement has a good bit of strength to her and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She just has an abusive asshole husband. That movie just has really well written characters, I think. And I think Barbara is a well written character yeah. and she's supposed to annoy us. I got that. Because if you feel if you feel like when you're watching a movie that somebody not doing something is annoying you, uh-huh. it makes you feel like more of that uh, tension. And that need to get the doors and windows covered and okay. stuff. You feel that more because you're annoyed at this person yeah, like, who won't do anything. Why are you anything. doing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But man. it's it's annoying. You and just watched maybe it. Maybe intentionally so. Is there anybody annoying in It? Uh, not in the new one. How about in the old one? In the old one, there is. There are two of them, and it's the same character. <laughs> it's Richie. <laughs> Seth Green and the other guy. Harry Anderson. Who died recently. Oh, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... 
Harry Anderson as the adult comedian guy. He's the worst. He is the worst. Just awful and not funny it's at not, all. I mean, it can't be entirely his fault because it's the way it's written. But now, what is it about Seth Green's character that annoys you? I, yeah, I don't remember he, him being annoying. Yeah, it's not. It's not as annoying. But he's always making stupid, shitty jokes. Yeah, they're just not funny. Yeah, they always fall flat to me. There was always that. But try Seth Green, kid, Seth you know? Green, the younger one is a bit better. Though, yeah. I guess also if you look at it in, in reference to Finn Wolfhard as Richie, it's like. Okay, he is annoying. No Because Finn Wolfhard is funny. Yeah, he's fucking hilarious, yeah. man. I really like that. All right, what do you think about Wallace from Tusk? Man, he was a pure dirtbag. Every decision he made was annoying and stupid. Yeah, not a... The way he acted to yeah. everybody just as a pure, just a pure dick. Yeah, he just seems like a famous dickhead internet guy. Yeah. And I don't understand how you could get famous internet dickhead like how do you yeah. get like if the internet is in there like maybe also lop the dickhead off mm-hmm. i understand if you're famous dickhead because you're like the best basketball player in the world yeah you you kind of got like i'm sure you feel a lot of superiority to everyone because you're the best yeah but you're when, the best. when you're the Come best on. on the internet mm. i mean it, that first off, that famous fleeting, could be. And second off, uh, people still probably don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how famous you get on the internet. Yeah. Like my mom doesn't know who you are. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. not famous. Yeah. No. She knows who Taylor Swift is. Yeah. I mean, she probably wouldn't know her name, but uh-huh. she'd be like that girl who sings the song. You know the one. Beat it off. Beat it off. Uh-huh. That one. The beat it off the song. The beat it off song. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Beat it off. <laughs> That's how it goes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of horror movies out there with some pretty irritating characters in them. And I would like to know you dead and lovely listeners' opinions on who makes your skin creep and crawl the most. So be sure to post your most irritating horror movie characters on our Facebook Group mm-hmm. of the Dead and Lovely Facebook group. So be sure to post yours up so we can read about them and mock them in unison. Mercilessly. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve, I'd like to talk about the Tejas Chainsaw Massacre. But before I do, my whistle needs a little bit of wetting. Ooh, buddy. We got, we got a I couple feel like I've been uh, eating saltines. Woo! I had a steak today. You did. For the second time in like a month, I had and steak. And I had the best pizza in Knoxville. So you claim? Yep. Who wise are you talking guys about? Pizza. Wise guy. Mm-hmm. And if, wise guy. if anybody at Wise Guys is listening, I'll gladly take free pizza to say your name Dude, every single episode. We should get pizza here and eat it on the show. And just oh be like, God, <laughs> I love listening to a podcast where they're yeah. eating something into yeah. the mic. Turns out, favorite ASMR podcast again. Uh huh. <laughs> what kind of pie did you get over there? I I just get cheese. Just a cheese. Just a cheese. Kevin McAllister. Mm-hmm. Though they do. I mean, they have they have a real good one called the. Uh, Oh man, what was that? Called a clean, clean, the cleaner, sweet, cleaner, the cleaner. Uh, and, and instead of sauce, ricotta cheese. Interesting. Yeah, and it's got chicken, tomatoes, oh. uh, spinach on it. I love ricotta on a pizza. Yeah, I'm very okay with that, man. Mm-hmm. Man, I enjoy that. So that's your choice for best pizza. In oh Knoxville. yeah, 100. percent Which of these beers you want to have here? We got Which a, of these beers is the best pizza. We got this one and we got this one. Oh, Who, I'll take. Let's go with this one. 
Let's go with this one. Mm-hmm, that one. That one over mm-hmm. here. Just pointing. Visual joke on the <laughs> podcast. We think it's so funny and you can't see it. We're generally pointing toward both of the beers and not choosing one. That's why it's funny is because it seems <laughs> indecisive. Let's do this. Let's go with this one. We've got ourselves a duckfish head. Duckfish head. Duckfish head. D- dogfish head. You know, I think a, a long ago on an episode you were talking about like the first craft brewery beer that you really got mm-hmm. into, I think was like a, what was it? What the first like, one I ever had was a something. Pete's Wicked Ale. Pete's Wicked Ale. There we but go. But I wasn't into it. It wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. But it was better than the other stuff. I think that Dogfish Head was the first company that was like doing beers that were different than just like every American lager. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this is different i started enjoying fun th- stuff i think even like the like the 60 90 minute ipas were some of the first ipas that i like okay so this is the romantic chemistry ipa you ever had that one? no but i hope it's got uh, Look a how little cute these little things are on here oh it's got a little mango person and a little looks like uh, apricot person and a little hop feller does it have spanish fly in it for romantic I so. chemistry i think that might be we're gonna find out if you just start, if you listeners start hearing us just fucking sixty nine and under the table, it's because this stuff worked. Gonk gonk gonk. That's the sound. Gonk gonk gonk. gonk. That's, that's the grapefruit blowjob, right? Oh yeah, the yeah. grapefruit. Yeah, bonk, bonk, grapefruit bonk, lady. Uh-huh. Oh my god, dude, legendary video. Yeah. Check Amazing. that one out on, on YouTube. Yeah. We're not talking lady. about a porn here. We're talking no, about a lady. It's a YouTube video. Uh, what? What did she have in like? Coming up out of the grapefruit, uh, a penace. But like, was that that was a dildo? No. Nah, well, I thought that she just talked about like wrapping around a dude's dong. Yeah, but then she like demonstrated it. I don't remember her having a visual problem. Oh, she didn't. She just held the grapefruit. Yeah, and yeah. Like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yep. Boy, those noises were truly. Yeah, it was fun. Else. Wrap your lips around that beer rig. See what you think about this. I've had this one before, and I enjoy it. But it's kind of a rare treat because you don't see it out very often. Oh, ain't that nice? That's fruity and sparkly. Well, but enough about me. How about the beer? Hey, that's good. It's got a little bit of that malty. Mm-hmm. The mal- yeah, you know? the malt is really, yep. and it, it, it's it's effervescent. It is. I'm liking it. And really, you kind of taste the. I think I taste the apricot more than mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah, this kind of has a little bit of that nice fruit leather taste on the back. Everybody loves a fruit leather taste. I'm all right with it. Now, Steve, I assume this is the first time you've ever seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. That's first it. time. I've been saying it's my favorite horror movie, but that Since was just to one. get cool points. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like as long as I've known you, mm-hmm. this has been your numero uno. Yeah. I I love this movie. I've loved it forever. It. I remember seeing it as a kid. I remember it being... As a kinder of, kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe 11. That's a kid. That's a kid, yeah. I could not have handled this when I saw it, if I saw it when well, I was 11. Well, that's the thing about it that I uh, think is great, is that it, because I watched a lot of horror movies as a kid, and it stuck with me. Yeah, 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 so yeah. So it was like, okay, so that's like that's what I'm always going for with a horror movie, mm. is that like you know shock and terror that sticks with you. Yeah. And this one does it. And boy, I'll tell you what. It never stops doing it. No. It's still... No. Watching it today, I, it still sticks with me. I just know. like, oh, gosh. I totally I feel agree. feel gross and 
uh, just disgusted. Yeah. Just disgusted, I think. And it's a damn 40-year-old movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering that you can watch this now, even if you've, you know, you've seen a ton of horror movies, you've never seen this one. Uh, I hadn't really fully watched this one until probably about four years ago. Yeah. Um, so I'd watch a lot of other horror flicks. It's a hard by watch then. for some people. Yeah. And it's like, even though I'd seen a ton of stuff and here it was, you know, 20 something, 20, I don't know, 14 or so when I saw this mm-hmm. the first time, I was still just blown away by just how nasty and depraved and just mm-hmm. disgusting this movie is. So it it's like, really can, you know, I mean, if you saw this when it came out like 40 years ago and like the last scary movie you watched was like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And then it escalates <laughs> to this. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, because this is pre-Halloween. Mm-hmm. That's something we were talking about before we started. It's like, I didn't even think about that in terms of a timeline, but it's like, yeah. dude, Halloween looks like a fucking kid's movie compared to this. It does. It it does. It looks... Uh, it. I mean, we, we know it. We know Halloween as brutal as it... I mean, he he is... Brutal in yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a kid kills someone in that movie. Yeah. So it, it is brutal. Mm-hmm. But just in comparison to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it seems the, like yeah. it seems so much lighter. So do you think that because you saw this movie when you were a kid and you kind of saw like as fucked up as shit can be in a movie, do you mm-hmm. think that it kind of tempered you to horror movies to where... Yes. Because like, you mm-hmm. know, again, I think if I saw this when I was a kid, it would have scared the shit out of mm-hmm. me. But then it also would have made it to where... Wow, Freddy Krueger isn't scary at all. Wow, Jason isn't scary at all. Like, yeah, but you know, they're entertaining. That was what yeah. it was for me. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. The, Fred, the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth movies were entertaining totally. for, uh, and this is this doesn't lack for entertainment depending on what it is you want to be entertained by. Yeah, but it, it's not an easy watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. Yeah, but this and Faces of Death warped me for oh sure my when God. it came to. I still have never watched Faces of Death. Well, I had buddies that did, and I was like, no, no thanks. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think it, there's only like one real death in there. Yeah, a lot of them are All fake. All of it's fake, yeah. yeah. But uh, they, they really did temper my expectations for horror movies. And because of that, it made me break down the story components a lot more when I was watching. Right, yeah, Like, yeah. I would pay more attention to how the story developed. And that's how I started getting into horror movies that, were more about good story yeah, yeah. than necessarily about, uh, you know, scares around every corner. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, the first time that I watched this movie, is funny, so if this is your first time listening, you guys might not know, but I was I was a homeschool. I'm in recovery from homeschool. <laughs> Recovering homeschool kid. Yeah, but back in the day, like, I was super homeschool, super religious, never got out of the house, blah, 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 until my brother, who's three years older than me, got his first car. When he was about, you know, 16 or so. So he was 16. I would have been like 13. And that's when, uh, and you know, for those of you guys who are trying to be parents out there, hey, guess what? If you forbid your kids from doing stuff, as soon as they get an ounce of freedom, that's that's the first thing they're going to fucking do. And they're going to do it a lot. And they're going to do it a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, my brother and I went out in his car to some friend's house, probably listened to like something terrible like Metallica on the way over. Evil music. And uh, oh, oh, it's sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we went over to some friends' place, and it was like, yeah, we're gonna watch a couple of movies. So we went over there, and we watched. And it's like there wasn't even, you know, fucking 
cheap beers and Mad Dog 2020. It was seriously just like a couple of teenage kids watching movies. Oh. But it was like, to me, this was <laughs> that like was rebellious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we watched um, What Lies Beneath. Oh, no. Yeah. Which at the time, like, you know, at that time, I hadn't really seen any scary movies, period. Uh-huh. So I was like, this is sick. I actually still kind of like that movie. I haven't ever seen it. No way. Yeah, I've heard that it's it's good. We should watch it sometime, we should watch dude. It. I'm like okay that with that. One. It's good. So we watched that. And then, and also too, like at that time, I, again, I was still very conservative and very fucking Christian and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was watching this and I was like, okay, this isn't too bad or anything like that. And uh, then somebody was like, yo, let's put on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And somebody had a copy of that. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Oh, my bowl cut. <laughs> you know? You got a smoking bowl. Dude, I was shaking in my jorts. Oh, no. Yeah. And like. <laughs> With a hammer loop? Oh, I did have a hammer loop on yeah. those things. Never once have ever put a hammer in them, though. Oh, man. Yeah. I will say that about a month ago, mm-hmm. we had this loose shingle on the roof that fell down that I had to go up and, and tack back you up. You used a hammer. I, well, I was using a hammer, and I said to myself, God damn, I could really use a loop on these It is pants. helpful. I have worked construction, yeah. and it is helpful to have a loop. Yeah, because, I mean, mm-hmm. I was, like, having to straddle the peak, like the, the peak of our roof that's mm-hmm. that really steep thing. Mm-hmm. I was straddling that thing, shimmying down it, trying to hold a hammer, too. Doing a little shimmy shake. Yeah. A little shimmy shake. Doing manly activities. Yeah, dude. Masculine Wild. things. Because yeah. it's really hard for women because they don't have a penis. It's hard for them to climb up on the roofs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. That's yeah. why they can't do it. Yeah. Right. And those nails are so hard to get in. Nah, they can't possibly. You have to do it with your fists. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, nah, no tools. Come on. Yeah. So somebody put that on. And I was like, I was immediately in my head. I was like, I'm not allowed to be watching this. <laughs> I was Mickey Mouse as a kid. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Pluto, you're a dog. <laughs> Goofy, you're my friend. I don't see a problem with this. I don't understand. And so I remember just being like, oh, shit. Like, I know I shouldn't be watching this. Like, the name is mm-hmm. fucked up and stuff. And if I recall, like it was on, but we weren't really watching. Like everybody was just kind of conversating. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was definitely, you know, peeking cautious glimpses at the screen just mm-hmm. to see what the the so called Texas <laughs> Chainsaw Massacre was mm-hmm. about. I was that's like, look, well, I am curious about it though, because again, anything that's forbidden, mm-hmm. you're just curious about it. Once yeah, you know more you about it. that's all that happens. So I kept, you know, sneaking glances and stuff, and I remember getting about to the part where. Uh, like the meat hook scene. Oh, yeah. And I think at that point is about when we left. Mm-hmm. You know, because we had to go home or something like that. And, like, we got home and, like, my, you know, my, of course, my mom was like, who all was there? What were mm-hmm. you guys doing? Mm-hmm. What did you watch? And because I was such a good boy, I'm like, we watched a, a Harrison Ford movie called uh, What Lies Beneath and it was good and then somebody put on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and she was very disappointed in me. Oh, man. But I had to assure her I didn't really watch it. Oh. A good boy. A good boy. A good boy. Oh, did she give you a treat? I got I got a treat and a pets. Oh, good pets. It's good. I didn't get a bath. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, it's very You don't good. like that. No, no, no. Run away like from that. that. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> I said. <laughs> so, I hadn't watched the movie since then, but it's like I always remembered in my head how just raw and filthy mm-hmm. and dirty and like grisly yeah. and grimy and uh weird that movie was yeah 
And probably about four or five years ago, I was, you know what? It was actually um, just after the first appearance of Davy Stranger. Oh. Yeah. At a show in Morristown that we played. Yeah. Uh, the day after I started getting like really, really, really sick. I just had like a really bad cold. Well, I mean, also you were Davy Stranger, so you were accepting Satan into your heart. Yeah, and just darkness, yeah. sorrow, obviously, and so on. Oh, woof and dogs, <laughs> woof woof. So basically, I uh, I was laid up on the couch. Kate was working, uh huh, and I was like, well, I might as well watch some movies. It's good beer, isn't it? It is. It's nice. I could totally drink a couple of those. That's good. Yeah, it just had like a red wine character. Oh yeah, too. like not not in a bad way, like but not deep like a UB, flavor not a UB forty way. No, red, uh-uh. red God, I hate that song so much. Um, I, I find a lot of the Dogfish Head stuff does. They kind of they kind of flirt with these like port wine flavors and mm-hmm. a lot of their stuff. They're, the best one though is that um, what's it called? Reason to be raison d'être or whatever oh, it's called. I had that. Oh fuck! It is awesome, dude. It's so good. I have to check that out. So I was laid up on the couch. I was sick. I was like, I might as well watch some movies. And from when Kate worked at a used CD and movie store, mm-hmm. she she was just constantly getting like cool editions of movies and stuff. Anytime she found like a cool like steel box edition of something or yeah whatever, she'd bring it home. So I was like, oh, we have this cool steel box edition of Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. I never finished watching that. Let's put it on. So I watched it by myself. It was probably about like five o'clock in the middle of the afternoon, you know, in October. And uh man, I was deeply, deeply unsettled. <laughs> I want to say I probably watched like Emperor's New Groove or something after it. That's a good one. You just feel ah, I just remembered we said last episode yeah. we we should talk about movies to watch after this oh yeah 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 yeah. we'll have to do that here in a little bit yeah let's do that at the end pick me ups for later Mm -hmm. i'll I'll make a i'll make a note of that but i sat on the couch and i watched it and it's just like i just immediately felt like i should go take a shower yeah it's just because everybody was so sweaty in the movie and it was real real nasty yeah it was real real nasty and it's like it's so it's so draining to watch this movie it is it's exhausting and it's yeah. like you really have to be in a state of mind i think of knowing what you're getting into whenever you yeah. sit down and watch it like uh, as i said many times it's like i could watch any elm street any mm-hmm. 13th pretty much any slasher yeah like, let's throw them on yeah it's just like cool this is fun it's not gonna use up a lot of my cerebellum to yeah. watch this i can do other stuff but don't put on maniac don't know that's not for the that. same level this of isn't grime the same. Yeah, yeah exactly where it's like I could never imagine myself like, uh, well, like as I've said a lot of times, I like to put on certain movies and just practice guitar while I've got something to look at. Mm-hmm. I could never do that with this movie. I could never sit and like just fucking scroll through my Facebook no. while this movie is on. No, because couldn't do nothing. It's yeah, sensory it, overload. It is, and, and and you just end up paying absolute attention to it, and like it it almost stops your brain from working at certain points where it's just like so much. Uh, enveloping fear and terror and just fucked up environment. Like, everything is just hammering you in the face. Yeah, Yeah, and it it just... It it basically puts you on a meat hook and makes you watch. Yeah, it really, really does, man. Like, I love that about it. I I, Like, it it is one of the few films I can think of like that that... Mm. 
that takes over what is going on in your life. It's just like, no, you're doing this now. Oh, this yeah. is your, this is all yeah. of your life. Yeah, I can, I can totally agree with that. And the inspirations, like you said, it's like there wasn't really a lot of stuff before this for there mm-hmm. to be a blueprint to base this on. I mean, you can even look at a movie like, you know, everybody says Halloween is the first slasher and stuff, but it's like, well, yeah. Eh, well, is we it, talked you know? about Black Christmas. Yeah, it's Black like, Christmas seems to be more of the prototypical slasher. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and then I mean, Psycho, right. going back a little bit further. Right. Yeah, exactly. And this movie, like, I think its closest movie-wise, Ken, would probably be Psycho. I should yeah. say. I mean, creepy yes. family house, and corpses both upstairs. based on Ed Gein. Yeah. Slightly, loosely. Uh, well, and that and that's the thing about this too that I was gonna say is like I find that the inspirations are more in the fact that like this is this is the age where the news mm-hmm. and broadcasting and stuff was yeah. starting to become more of a big deal and more sensationalized and stuff. Yeah, and, and really the... blood and guts. Exactly. Late fifties yeah. to the to the seventies. Yeah. Blood and guts on the front page of yep. the newspaper. Uh, the headlines of the news on TV. Yeah. And this is when serial killers and stuff started to become almost like fucking supervillains in the eyes of the media. Yeah, because yes, one hundred percent. And yeah. having a serial killer was a good thing. For, for news. Yeah. Because you had something to talk about. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Ed Gein was a real sensationalized story. They let out all the details, man. Like the nipple mm. belt and the oh, yeah. the lampshade made out of a face. Yep. All that stuff was out there, out in front. Like, the by the 70s, I mean, if, if you watch, I've recommended this a million times, but the movie Network from mm. 1976. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that, yeah. Um, network is the culmination of that blood and guts and do anything for a view type of, uh, yeah. of, uh, broadcast broadcasting. Yeah. Um, there are besides Ed Gein, there was another serial killer around the time and hmm. not technically a serial killer himself. Real interesting story. Uh, Elmer Wayne Henley Jr. Elmer Wayne Henley the second. Yeah, he wasn't the first one. Goes by Wayne. Um, he assisted. He was a participant in 28 murders com- committed shit. by Dean Coral in three years. That is three a years. busy, busy man. Yeah. Um, Whoa. But, he, but what, he didn't kill him. He just assisted. So he was uh, 17 or 18, I believe. Whoa. So he was like a fucking kid. Yeah. And... He had been introduced to Dean Coral, and Dean Coral was a homosexual man uh-huh. who uh, basically convinced uh, Wayne Henley to uh, procure for him children to sell into child sex slavery. Uh, so I've never fucking heard of this. Yeah, guy. it's, it's a crazy. This is crazy. This was around the Houston area, and this was like you know while Toby, Toby Hoover was working on, uh, you know the ideas. He and uh, who's what's the writer? Kim Hinkle. Yeah, uh, Hinkle. They were working on the ideas for this, and this case was going on. And what happened was that he he had offered this to Wayne Henley Jr. and he didn't take him up on it for like two months, but then he like needed the money mm. and he was offering $200 per child. Woo. So he goes out, he finds a like 16 or 15 or 16 year old guy and says, Hey, you want to go smoke some pot? 
takes him back to Dean Coral's house, and Dean Coral then rapes, tortures, and murders him. Holy shit. And uh, Wayne Henley knows what's going on. So he, he had to be some kind of a, a sociopath with no fucking moral compass or whatever to... Yeah, it seems like his morality... And this is interesting, because people say this a lot, like, oh, serial killers have high IQs. Not normally, but Wayne Henley Jr. did. He has an mm. IQ of 126. Wow. Uh, pretty high. Edmund Kemper's is higher. Edmund Kemper is uh, yeah. like a ridiculous genius. And he's the same way, though. No moral compass at all. Yeah, yeah. Just like absolute blank slate. So anyway, this happened 28 more times. That's so he made uh, some money. Uh, and, and then what happened basically to end it was he, ha- he found a guy, said, hey, you want to come back and smoke some weed with us? And there was a girl with them. Mm-hmm. And so when the, he came back with the girl, Dean Coral took him aside and like put a gun in his belly and was like, you brought a girl here. You ruined it. That ain't my style. Yeah. And so, Ooh. and he was like, he was like, you're going to have to kill her. And so <laughs> Dean Coral starts raping and torturing this, this boy and gives a big knife to, to Wayne Henley. And Wayne Henley goes over to the girl and she's like, "Is she says, is this for real? And he says, yes. And she says, are you going to do something? Yeah. Like, are you going to do something about it? And so he he just like grabs a gun nearby and shoots Dean Coral. Oh. The end. And that's that. Yeah. He goes to jail for the rest of his life, but he killed a serial killer <laughs> that he also helped kill people. Holy like, shit. But all it took was somebody being like, uh, you could stop this, maybe. Yeah. And, and so uh, uh, Hooper calls this moral schizophrenia. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's like you would think that this guy had some kind of loyalty nope. to this sick fuck. None whatsoever. He'd turn on him in a second. Wow. Crazy. So God, Hooper that's wanted, fucked up. He wanted to infuse that moral schizophrenia in all of the characters in the family. And so, really? And I so, can see that. Now yeah. that you're mentioning this, I can totally see this. We'll, we'll get more into that. Huh. But like, yeah, what you were saying about the media sensationalism and stuff like uh, the the radio that's playing throughout a large portion of the opening act. Yeah, yeah. Everything that's said on that radio is a hideous thing to hear. Yeah, there's like, all kinds of fucked up. Well, obviously they're talking about the grave robbing and stuff. But yeah. Then there's also like, yeah, talking about a family that like chained their their 18 month old up in an attic. Yeah. Yeah, and t- yeah, they talk about like it, uh, a guy committing suicide, and then yeah. another guy wanting to commit suicide out the same window. I was and noticing being... that. Like I hadn't noticed any of that in the movie. Yeah. And again, that's the fun thing about doing the show is I notice all this stuff that I never even... Yeah, because you're looking for, like, what the hell's going on here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and it's funny, too, because the people on the radio are talking about all this heinous, fucked-up shit going on with people, and the mm. people in the car are completely unaffected by unaffected. it. Unaffected, yeah. That's yeah. exactly what Hooper was going for, is that we are constantly wow. barraged with this just blood and guts, and we become so accustomed to it. So what he wanted was to push past that to wow. find something even more, like, brutal to throw right in your face. Yeah, yeah. And he, d- he found it. Wow. For sure. Well, and it's also kind of, I, I guess, too, you're kind of getting it that these people in the car, it's like when, when they're listening to shit on the radio and it's not happening to them, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But when you find yourself in the middle of that shit, does it fucking matter now? Yeah. yeah. Now it's the most important thing in the well, world. And the thing yeah. is, too, that I thought was really interesting along with that observation is whenever they're riding in the van at the first of the movie and Franklin starts talking about the slaughterhouse and how they slaughter these cattle and stuff, 
everybody is instantly like, ew, change the subject. This is mm-hmm. awful. Can we not talk about this? Yeah. That, there's a big issue about eating meat in this movie. I think a lot of it is, is almost more about the value of human versus animal life. Yeah. I think a lot of times in this flick, too. And the value of specific parts of an animal. Like when yeah, they're talking yeah. about head cheese, it disgusts the people who eat the meat. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah. that it comes from the same animal. Like, right, yeah. you don't even want to use all of it. You yeah. just want murder and to get, get your parts out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that the, the meat industry parallels and stuff in this, I think, are mm-hmm. really interesting. And honestly, it's like... I don't even know I don't even know if this was necessarily meant to be a statement on like vegan you know being a vegetarian or vegan or anything like that I don't think so I think that it's more of a scenario of how horrifying it would be as a human to be treated like cattle yes I think that that's more of what it's about and again I don't think that there's even a moral ground of like meat is meat is murder or anything like that there isn't but making this movie did turn Hooper into a vegetarian no shit yeah because he exactly what you're talking about. He started really? thinking of the terror that uh, you would actually feel. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I mean, yeah, like, it is true of pigs. They know that <laughs> you're going to kill them, and they're terrified of it. Yeah, and and I started noticing stuff this time watching through the movie too, where like some of the shots that they show us where they're driving by the slaughterhouse and it mm. shows us like all those pictures of, of the cattle mm-hmm. up close. Yeah. Like in just standing in, you know, their manure and shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just waiting to be killed and stuff. Yeah. And then even later on the shots of Sally at the, at the dinner scene and it's zooming in on her eye. That's just like going crazy and freaking mm-hmm. out and stuff. And she's just like screaming like an animal and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that that is meant to draw a parallel between like what it would be like to be in that slaughterhouse line. Yeah. And even something that that struck me as interesting this time too with that with that angle in mind. You know, we call him Leatherface. We call him, you know, we know him yeah. as Leatherface, but he's actually human skin face. About that, Toby Hooper said that uh, he he was focused on that man was the real monster here. Yeah, yeah. And we're just wearing a different face. Wow. Shit. And that, so he put a literal mask on the monster. Yeah. To to represent how we we're pretending to be civilized and and, and uh, you know higher and evolved. Yeah, yeah. But we're just wearing a mask. We're really the monster beast underneath. Just other animals too. Yeah. Really. That's pretty sick. I like mm-hmm. that. That's pretty dope. Yeah, man. And then, too, you know, of course, we also have all the stuff in the soundtrack, which is just a lot of slaughterhouse it's noises so and stuff. Good. Yeah, a lot of slaughterhouse noises. And also the music that is playing on the, like, say when they pick up the hitchhiker. Yeah. There's that song. It's like. Dun, 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 it sounds like gypsy jazz. Dun, 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 drinking dun, 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 coffee and smoking And the cigarettes. shit that's going on, it's like. What the fuck is going on? Also, they're all just sitting there staring and watching it. It's just like they're like watching TV. TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're watching this freak show and commenting on it. And he can fucking hear them. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, you're like, oh, like, I f- picked up Dracula, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, yeah, you're right. It's like they're watching TV and yeah. stuff, right? That's an interesting thing. Um, and and that also kind of relates to back to, I've heard a lot of people say this movie is some kind of commentary on Vietnam and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because of the lies. Like, he started it with, this is based on a true story. 
uh, to like comment on the lies being told about what was happening in Vietnam wow. with things like the My Lai massacre and stuff like oh, God, that, yeah. where the the truth just wasn't being told. No, um, and and horrific things were happening. Yeah, and and that's he wanted to parallel that for sure. Interesting. And, you know, Vietnam War, like each of those guys in there in that van was probably just young enough to have not gone off to fight. Yeah. Like there were that generation, the college generation after that, that, mm. that just escaped it. Man, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That is fucked up. Yeah. I think the, um, I feel like I said, I think the meat industry angle, whenever you watch this is really interesting to, to look at. And like I said, I know a lot of people do look at it as an anti, anti-carnivore movie and stuff yeah. like that. I just don't think that's... I don't think that that's the no, case. I, I think, think it's it, meant to put you in the headspace of an animal in a slaughter line. Yeah. You know? Just that being, feeling of just terror and knowing what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, what do you know about the production of this flick? Because I know that it sounded like a rip-roaring fun time. That's uh, what everybody says, I anyway. think we both know about the same stuff. Uh, Low-budget movie... They didn't really have anything to pay anybody, so everybody was getting a percentage of uh, percentage. future profits. Yeah. But each of those percentages kept getting cut in half as they had to get, like, you know, distributors and things like that. Yeah. Eventually, nobody really got paid much until there was a huge lawsuit, and they all got about 400 bucks. Woo! The actors for uh, this could, torturous could, fucking movie they had to make. You could deliver, like, two kids to a pedophile murderer and make uh, more money than that. Uh, this was filmed in July in Central Texas. Which is a comfortable time of uh -huh. year in a comfortable place. It was 110 degrees on July 26th. Well, but they were working really short days, so no, it wasn't a No, 16-hour days, okay. seven days a week. Okay, right, 16 hours a day. But, you know, uh, at least with all that natural light, probably didn't have to use a whole lot of lights. Except... Except that they, they did. Yeah, they the cameras did. and stuff they were using needed an incredible amount of lights. Yeah. But fortunately, lights don't put out heat. Oh, no, they do. They put out a okay, lot. Okay, they put out a, a lot, lot of heat. heat. Well, on the bright side, though, I'm sure that the costume department stuff was very generous, and they had multiple sets of clothes. No, nope, strangely no. enough, no. My Leatherface only had one of each costume. Just one. And one of each mask. To a wear mask that month. he wore all day. And they didn't want to launder them because they were worried that the colors would get faded. Yeah. Or that something would get destroyed. So for a month of 100 degree days sitting in lights blaring on him, wearing a leather mask on his head, Ooh. and he just had to deal with that stench. They didn't have another costume for Marilyn Burns. So all that blood near the end, they, she'd just have to take that off and come back the next day and put, put that like, stiff-ass shirt back on. Uh, I mean, on the bright side, though, Gunnar Hansen playing Leatherface, he's a he's a small... Nope. He's a, no, he's a big guy. He's a huge dude. Gigantic Probably man. a lot of sweat. A lot of sweat, but yeah. He, but nobody in the movie is doing a lot of physical activity to kind of <laughs> lather themselves up into a sweat or anything, right? <laughs> no, he is. He's doing a whole lot. He's carrying right. people around. He's grabbing people. Flailing a chainsaw Running around. at people with a chainsaw with a blade on it. With a blade on it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, never did take that blade off. I always had that blade on. Have 
mercy. And well, the, at least the grandpa guy, he was a good sport about all this costuming and stuff. Oh, yeah. He really loved having pounds of makeup because he wasn't an old guy. He's not an old man. He wasn't old. All that was makeup. Yeah. And boy, that makeup doesn't breathe. It's latex. Apparently, it did not get good to him. No. And he said, if I'm going to be in this shit, we're filming all these scenes right now. Mm-hmm. So they apparently filmed like 36 hours straight. Mm-hmm. All of the grandpa to get scenes. The, yeah, to which, get that dining room scene. And that was yeah. the worst because there was very little ventilation. Yeah. All the lights had to be on for yeah. those scenes. Super hot. Super hot. There was raw meat and rotting chicken and uh-huh. like that, that taxidermy. It's not taxidermy. No, chicken. Just, just shit they found on the side of the road. Roadkill. Literally roadkill. Uh-huh. And uh, that's getting real rank under those <laughs> under those studio lights over a thirty six hour period. I heard that like crew was going in shifts over to the window just to barf out the yeah. window and like yeah. breathe fresh air for a second. Yeah, Toby Toby Uber said that uh, no one uh, no one got over what he did to them for years. Yeah, the guy that played the hitchhiker, who was an actual Vietnam vet, yeah. said that that movie was actually. The filming of that movie was more miserable than his time yeah. in fucking Vietnam being in the shit. Have you seen the deleted scene where, like, after he gets run over, there was a scene where he has he's laying on the concrete. No. Well, the concrete. Well, it's a, really cool in Texas. Really cool 100-degree weather. Seriously? Uh, it was, like, burning the side of his face. Yeah, so, absolutely So, like, he couldn't was. stay on the concrete That's long enough for him to get the shot right. <laughs> really? Fucking torturous for My $400 years later. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's kind of like what we talked about with our, our, our Exorcist episode, too, where that, mm-hmm. that movie was also just an exercise in torture. I mean, yeah. that was a, a, that was mm-hmm. a director delivery. The Shining, the same, same with Shelley way. Duvall. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I mean, that, that shit. Shelley Duvall. No. It was Shelley Duvall, yeah, right? Shelley Duvall, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was mixing her up with Shelley Winters. Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like that movie might have just a, you know mentally broke her. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. For the sake of a movie. Yeah. And there is something undeniable about seeing people experiencing real pain and real agony. Yeah, real terror. That, at times. I mean, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not no. saying that you, we should do that more often or anything like like that, but. My God, there is a certain essence that that lends to a flick yeah. that is it really does. undeniable. It really the does. People, there has to be more consent in it, though. There has to, like there are people that line, would go yeah. through that. I mean, yeah, totally. There are definitely people because, like, uh, Platoon, Oliver Stone took them yeah, all yeah. over and did like a fucking basic training. Yeah, camp, but they all had signed on. They, yeah, they knew, knew what, what they, they were, were getting for. into. And then you got this movie where it's like, hey. Lady who's playing Sally, we don't want you to jump out this window, but for the shot where you fall on the ground, we just want you to fall from like six feet up. She yeah. falls and actually like fucking breaks her ankle. Yeah. So when she gets up at the end of the movie and she's running away. And yeah, she, her know, ankle's fucked. It's because her ankle's like fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that's why it looks like, oh, she's going too slow. They'll easily catch her. And of course, this is after they actually cut her with a knife on screen. Yeah, because the it was too hot for the fake blood to flow right. It is was just flowing deal? directly out of the end because it was so thin from the heat wow so they had to she was just like cut her. just cut me yeah because she wanted to get the fuck out of there what i wonder about that shot though because that, that's one of those things that i knew going into it this time is that she actually got cut yeah on screen 
So in that shot, it seamlessly shows her finger getting cut and then sticking her finger in Grandpa's mouth. Yeah. Did he, did he actually like fucking suck her finger and drink her blood? I don't know. Because it's sure this fuck looks it like sure it. It sure looks that way. My they, God. I mean, he could have just been good editing. I don't see any cuts in that. Yeah, in that I note. don't either. I don't see any of it. The the thing that is real interesting to me is knowing all that about the production. Hey, he is kind of a Dracula. That I wrote that down. No shit. There he is, kind of a he Dracula. Kind of is. He does. Yeah, drink he sucks the blood. blood. Yeah. Um, wow. Whenever she jumps out that window, knowing everything we know about that production, when she jumps out and it's just like outside morning noises oh man dude it it like you can feel the relief of being out just not in that not in that fucking i like all the things that are going on like for the character it works yeah and then for the actress it works like it's so perfect well and it's the same deal for the very 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 ending scene where she's in the the back of that truck Mm -hmm. driving away she's just like laughing crying like hysterically mad insane and that's the last thing they filmed for the movie too so they they had apparently filmed all that before of her jumping in the truck, mm-hmm. screaming, crying as it drives away, and the production was over, it was done, and then they get a call back, yo, that footage is unusable, sorry, you gotta come back and do it again. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, you've gotta go back to hell on earth again, because yeah. we fucked something up. So it's like, in that scene at the very end of the movie, where, it, dude, her, her reaction... It's perfect. It, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. I just think overall, like, mm. Sally, in, in her great. scenes of distress... Mm-hmm is unbelievable yeah. but especially there at the end where she is so terrified yet she's also laughing elated because she's getting away because she doesn't have to be in texas chainsaw massacre anymore it's like <laughs> exactly. i mean you're seeing it you're seeing exactly. it right there it's like i'm finally past yeah. this fucking goddamn movie yeah and i can move on with my life i think we've talked about it's that unreal. with some other movies in the past where there have been scenes like that where yeah. The I'm joy done. that you see is real joy of like, I am done with this shit. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, the production sounds like it was an absolute, absolutely miserable, mm-hmm. horrible, awful experience. I learned something recently fun too. So apparently like they were smoking a lot of dope. <laughs> I would imagine. And I would imagine for those 36 hour fucking consecutive hour, mm-hmm. you know, uh, filmings. I'm sure they're also coking up a lot. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, there's no way yeah. otherwise. So apparently... Caffeine like, yeah. for 36 hours in that heat, you'd Woof. just feel like... Oh, you'd be God. so dehydrated, you'd die. Yeah. yeah. So in that scene where it's nighttime and you know Sally like runs into the house and uh, Leatherface is like chainsawing the door down and stuff. Uh-huh. So he, Gunnar Hansen was experiencing his first experience on like pot brownies <laughs> while filming that and running around with a active chainsaw. Jesus. He was stoned out of his fucking mind while they were filming that. Wait, it was I I'm assuming he was stoned when he was doing his chainsaw dance at the end. I wonder about that. Yeah. I wonder about that as that, well. That was that's like a wonderful shot. Fuck Great shot. Yes. Dude, the entire ending of that movie where it's like it's kind of you know, you got the sun on the horizon. It's and all orange the, yeah, and blowy and stuff. Yeah, just the sound of the chainsaw. And that's it. No music. And then it just no cuts nothing. out. The end. hmm I think the end of this movie is one of the most bleak and hopeless and nihilistic mm-hmm. fucking endings of any movie it ever. It really is. 
Because the bad guys don't even lose. Mm-hmm. And that, that's actually, I think, uh, one of the major uh, points, one of the major themes of this is nihilism. Yeah. At a certain point, Sally is talking to Franklin, and this is at the almost exact midpoint of the movie. Yeah. This movie has a very interesting, interesting symmetry. Interesting yeah. Yeah, there's a real interesting symmetry I'll talk about a little bit more in a little bit, but... Uh, Franklin asked her basically like what do you what do you think uh basically uh, something about the astrology thing earlier I want to bring that up yeah yeah and uh, she says she says him everything means something I guess yeah I noticed that this time yeah yeah the end of this movie like that is her statement as a character that is where she is at before she finds out what's happening because mm. the other three have been killed, but they don't know yet. Franklin and okay, and yeah, she yeah, yeah, are still in their like idyllic world. Yeah, they don't know what the fuck's and going her, on. Her, I, her mind at that point believes that everything means something. Yeah, and by the end of this, she believes you can see it in her face that nothing means anything. Yeah, nihilism to its fucking core. Nothing means yeah. anything. Nothing matters except survival and not being dead. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you can see more and more of that growing too, because throughout the movie, you know, she, she just knows something weird is going on. Mm-hmm. She accidentally wanders into the house. Mm-hmm. There's the whole chase scene. She yeah. escapes and gets to the gas station. She's Where if finally she would found. just stop screaming, maybe he wouldn't find her. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like she finally finds this other human, uh, the uh-huh. cook. And there's this hopefulness of just like, oh my God, he's out to kill me. You got to call the police, yeah. help me, blah, blah, blah. And he seems like he's he's trying to comfort her and all this stuff. Yeah. And then he comes back with a fucking bag and rope. Yeah. And she's like, what what's going on? Uh-huh. Like, I cannot imagine. Yeah. You know, you think you're out of the shit. Yeah. And then it just turns out you just stepped in a bigger pile of shit. It's so bleak mm-hmm. and at the end of the movie too it's like she seems so genuinely just unhinged it's yeah. like she is permanently damaged yeah that's what i'm saying at the end of this movie. nothing means anything anymore and there's no justice to any of it nope i mean there's there's no conclusion yeah i mean it would have been one thing if it would have shown that truck you know drive off to a police station and, and the police were like we'll get them ma'am yeah exactly there is nothing of that, which mm. also, which also actually might be a Vietnam thing as well, right? Where it's just like, well, we got the fuck out. That's about all that we did. Yep. The problem solved. Uh-huh. There was on. a bunch of terrible shit that happened for no reason. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, maybe, maybe the Vietnam stuff isn't really an allegory as much as it is just an influence mm-hmm. in a lot of parts of this. My God, man. Now, like you said, a lot of the problems with the the money and the pay situation and stuff like this is because the distribution company was owned by the mob. Yeah. Same people that put out Deep Throat, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they had a lot of problems getting any money out of this. It was actually a huge box office success. Yeah. The it, movie cost nothing to make. It, it, it cost $140,000 to make, and it made $36.9 But apparently whenever the distributors went back to Hooper and the people, they were just like, yeah, I've made about a million dollars so far. You'll be getting a percentage of that after we take mm-hmm. our cut. Yeah. They sounded like that. 
I imagine. It's time to make it a pizza. <laughs> They're the Italian mob in Texas. Yeah, exactly. Time to make it a pizza. Make it a brisket. And put salsa on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's Tex-Mex. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some big old money problems and stuff with this, too. Which, dude, especially if if you had been through the amount of shit that they went through for this movie. I know. and did just get, nothing. I, A lot of oh them never really acted again. I'd like to raise a toast to these poor souls. Let's and, hear about it. And let's drink this Stone Fear Movie Lions. That's just three words. It is. That's word salad. It's a double IPA. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to trying it. Stone beers, like, I, I either tend to absolutely love them mm-hmm. or think they're just okay. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them have just a, a similar quality to them. Yeah, I think so, too. Maybe a slightly different taste, but... But I'm sure that people say the same thing about our beloved Lagunitas. Cause like, That's true. A lot of Lagunitas stuff tastes the same, and that I'm okay true. with that. So I understand Yeah, because I like that taste. That exactly, exactly. So like with Stone, like that, uh, the vengeful spirit is just fucking unbelievable. I love it so much. How's this one? Is it good? It's a double IPA, so I'm expecting it some maltiness. Double. It is malty. Yeah? Is it double, double hops and trouble? How huh, you feeling about it? That is it? interesting. Let's stop that thing off over here. Or maybe not interesting. Maybe not interesting. Maybe that's what I'm interested in. You're like, wow. I'm not interested in The blandness. Is. All right. We'll find <laughs> out about it. No, it's got it's got a juicy character for sure. I like that. And it, you can taste the hops. It smells very strong. It does. It's a double IPA, so. It's got, you know. it's got a strong flavor to it. It takes a little bit before you can kind of taste it. I want to like double IPAs more than I do. Because mm. it's like an IPA with more alcohol? Yes. Yeah. But usually it's just like, it's usually just kind of darker and danker and more malty and like less yeah. hoppy and juicy and good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I would say that's true of this one. Let's find out. Let, less let, hoppy and juicy. Let me get myself a pull here. Get you pull. That's okay. Mm, it's good. It's not bad. It actually has a little bit of that um, that resiny piney thing going yeah. on, which I'm pretty okay with. Me too. Give I me will, some pine saw. I will report back on this. Now, what were you saying about the actors and their future careers and stuff? Yeah, not not a lot came of anybody else, uh, anybody in this movie. Yeah. Ma- Marilyn Burns had an okay career. She played uh, uh, Linda Kasabian in the Helter Skelter movie. From 1976. Really? She was the member of the um, Manson family that was basically innocent. I mean, she was guilty of some robberies and stuff. Or breaking and entering and stuff. And but being she a hippie. Was, and being a hippie. She was guilty of that. But she was not guilty of any of the murders. But she did go with them. Yeah, yeah. She was told to stay in the car. Mm. Uh, and she was... Uh, she saw someone killed and then saw someone else coming out of the house Ooh. after being shot and she freaked out and Mama almost Marcia. left but was worried that charles manson would kill her son Jeez, yeah. yowza i think anyway. i like this beer yeah it's pretty good i think i'm okay with it this to me is one of the better one of the better stones in my opinion yeah it's up there with keith and mick in terms <laughs> of stones <laughs> you know oh keith keith and mick what do you think about the vague Maybe abandoned towards the end of the movie, but actually maybe not, now that I think about it. Themes of astrology through this movie. Oh, okay. Well, this, the interesting thing is uh, what she says about each person comes true. Exactly. Yeah. That's something that I was noticing this time through. So when the movie starts, 
you know, we get the narration thing. We get the the crazy grave robber scenes and stuff, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second, too, mm-hmm. when we talk about the characters. But over the, the title credits, it's shots of solar flares, like all mm-hmm. that red and black stuff. In the full moon. Okay, yeah. yeah. Later on, there's lots of full moon shots mm-hmm. and stuff, too. And that's something that... I mean, with the solar flare stuff, I didn't know if that was just meant to evoke images of this is how hot it is. Uh, Mm Because there's also kind of this theme of like crazy from the heat. I mean, that first time it shows the sun, though, it's they're using a a lens to really focus on what the sun looks like. Because you don't get it, it looks almost greenish with the filter they're using. Yeah. So it feels like they are focusing more on the sun as a celestial body and right. less as the, the heat a coming heat source, down. Yeah. And then later with the moon and stuff too, there's yeah. tons of moon shots. And yeah, there's all this talk. Like one of the chicks in the car, is it Pam? Is like reading yeah, the Pam. astrology She's reading book. Astrology. She's talking about how Jupiter is maleficent. Uh-huh. Yada, and it's yada. in retrograde and that means bad things, et yeah. cetera. I don't, I, I don't know. I just can't help but think that this isn't just superficial fluff that they put in the movie. Yeah, well, this is what she says to uh, Sally. There are moments when we cannot believe what is happening is true. Pinch yourself, and you may find that it is. Yeah, wow. That is exactly what happens to her. Yeah, yeah. Like, she is just flabbergasted by everything that's happening. Then she passes out, Mm. comes to, and there's that, like, brief, like, she's like, oh. Oh, you know, whatever. Uh, coming out of that, that's great. And then she realizes that she is there. Yeah, yeah. And like starts freaking out. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like too, you know, in this time period of the the late sixties, early seventies, there was a huge boom. Yeah, in astrology. What's your big. sign? What's your mm-hmm. yeah? The the astrology stuff and mm-hmm. all that. People like bullshit. It's fine. I'm not a subscriber to an astrology. <laughs> no, at all. I uh, no, not at all. Do you want to buy some essential oils though? No. Oh shit. I put coconut oil on my face. Basically, buy my essential oils, okay. and then I'll have money. I want to start give a it line. to the person ahead of me in the the pyramid. I'm still waiting to start my line of unessential oils. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Motor, just, oil. <laughs> Motor oil. Motor <Yeah>. oil. <laughs> Rub this on your elbows; it'll help. I don't know. Try this out. Yeah. Onion oil. I don't know. Yeah. What's this doing? Can you oil an onion? Sure, I'll make I some. I assume you can, right? Maybe. This is vegetable oil. Where does vegetable oil come from? I've always wondered about that. Mm-hmm. Where's baby oil come from? Baby. What? That's what they do. Planned Parenthood. A they squ- sell you babies to be squeezed. Them. They're back there squeezing them babies. They sell you baby parts. They you squeeze ever, them. Hey. Get the stem cells out. Uh-huh. And then yep. they sell you the baby For the liberals. Oil. For the liberals. You ever seen the witch? I don't want to have problems with my nervous system. I'm a liberal. I don't know. <laughs> squeeze them babies Squeeze them babies. Get that oil. I heard that that first part of the witch where it shows that witch mm-hmm. pounding that baby in that mortar and pestle. Yeah. That's actually... Uh, hidden camera footage from Planned Parenthood. Yeah, and that's Hillary, mm-hmm. aka Killery. Exactly. <laughs> that's Hillary. That's Killery making baby oil. Making baby oil. <laughs> Man, I mean, I'll later on in the movie, whenever we see that witch, her as the younger witch, mm-hmm. her skin does look so soft. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I would touch it, but it smells nice too. It's because the baby Earl. Yeah, it's interesting to me that people like. Got up in arms about a fake video about Planned Parenthood selling your baby parts, but nobody asks what they do with the part of the circumcised circumcised penis. Yeah, 
They sell that to cosmetic companies. They do that. That yeah. is a thing. Yeah. You're okay with that? What? <laughs> people are weird, people man. People got some weird priorities. There's some weird people in this movie, too. How about we talk about them Sawyer family Yeah, let's family talk about people. the Sawyer family. Okay, so... Let's talk about them in order. Let's start with the hitchhiker. The hitchhiker comes along first. Here's what I learned about him today. Tell me. He's an artist. The and man is an artiste. He's an he's artist. He's a sensitive soul. He's a sensitive soul. And, you know, it's so funny that you happen to mention that because um, this this time that I watched it, even though I watched this a bunch of times now, mm-hmm. this is the first time that I realized that at the very first of the movie, mm-hmm. whenever we have that extremely, it's it's the Texas Chainsaw noise. You know what it is, that, that yeah, fucking that's weird the sound. sound of his camera. And all those flashes that you see of corpse parts, that's him taking photos. Mm-hmm. The movie starts with... He set up that thing at the beginning that you see. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it's funny because, like, I, and I don't know what I was thinking, but, like, for the longest time with this movie, whenever I saw whenever I saw it and I saw that intro, and like I said, the, the camera flashes, the corpses and stuff mm-hmm. like this, for some reason in my head, it was like, oh, it's crime scene photos. Oh, yeah. That no, would make sense, though. That's him taking this stuff for his personal collection. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that this movie starts off in the character of the hitchhiker. Because yeah. when you think Texas Chainsaw, you think Leatherface. Yeah. But all of the other members of the family are are actually more fucked up than him. Yeah, the hitchhiker, he he is, he's like, he's got like a teenage brain, I would say. Mm-hmm. But he he has an artistic side for sure, and the thing that he grew up with was uh, corpses and 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 meat and stuff, and so he learned to build stuff out of that. Yeah, and he's got his own camera, uh-huh. likes to take pictures, and and he wants somebody to appreciate his art. And it seems as though whenever his art goes unappreciated... He gets upset. He is, uh, you know, he's very judgmental of his critics. He doesn't think that they gave him a chance. No, uh uh-uh. Yeah, because he said it was a good picture that he gave to Franklin. He did. He was stoked about it, too. Yeah. And then... Franklin was like, it it doesn't turn out good. Sally! Sally! And then his response is to take said photograph, take a a piece of foal out of Uh his bag and some gunpowders... I, I think that was uh that was a uh, what is that? That's what was a, that? It's like a f- uh, old school photographic thing that was used for the flashes, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, phosphorus of some sense. sort. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, and he likes like, it on fire because he's fucking angry, and, and then, then he rolls he, it up. He, in that then foil. he cuts he cuts Franklin like you cut me, I'll cut you. And it seems that whole scene always. Really weirded me out. Well, obviously, all the stuff with the hitchhiker really weirded me mm-hmm. out. Like, yeah, because he's weird. <laughs> yeah, and he's immediately like, "Hey, you got a knife? Cool, I'll cut myself with it and laugh about it." Anyway, how about I take a photo of you? Yeah, you don't like it? Okay, I'll burn it. Now I'll cut you. Now I'll smear my own blood on the van. And he was he was trying to draw stuff. He was like doing particular motions. I thought so too. Now whatever he was trying to draw wasn't clear. And it's funny because you know Franklin, being the most fucking irritating dude in the movie, was actually putting the pieces together. Yes. And he was like, oh, you know, I think he's trying to mark the van, and he's uh, trying to like look at the blood, yeah. and he's thinking about it, and all this stuff. It's clear that it's very much um, bothering him. Yeah, and it's interesting because Franklin is annoying, but honestly, uh, in this movie, he's treated like shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he is. is he is trying to put it together, and he does notice there's something going on. Yeah, because. 
But that's because he's in a position where he's not having fun like they're having. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I like, too, that with the hitchhiker, you know, we're introduced to him early on in the movie. By that by that point, you know, they've already gone to the cemetery. There's all these crazy old drunk people, including that yeah, drunk guy that says weird shit. There's the crazy Ralph prototype. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Who I, I We both wrote down what he said. It's so funny that we both happened to do that. I, I really thought it was interesting. I don't remember any of this. This is like a, a uh-huh. Mandela effect thing where I don't remember this being in the movie for some reason. I remember reason. this part, but I never had listened to him. No. I was just thought I was just some drunk dude. Yeah. He says, things happen here about they don't tell about. I've seen things. You laugh at an old man. <laughs> There's them that laughs and knows better. I know better. Like... And Franklin's the only one who hears this. So Franklin is set up as the one who's already told, like, yeah. there's shit going Something's on going around on. here. Yeah. yeah. So. <sighs> really weird. But basically, yeah. we Franklin, have this. Franklin was annoying, but he was on, he was on, he was on the case. Hashtag Franklin was right. <laughs> but it's cool with the hitchhiker because we get him, you know, again, they go to Texas. It's weird. They pick up this hitchhiker guy. He's real fucking weird. And then by the time that he comes back later in the movie, you've really pretty much forgotten about him. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think that that guy was a character in the movie. You'd think that he was just there to show, oh, they're in a really weird place right now. Yeah. But whenever, you know, uh, the cook has Sally in the van, he's driving back towards the house, and he sees the hitchhiker, Mm -hmm. and you're like, fuck, it's that weirdo from earlier. And then the cook starts talking to him, and you realize, oh, shit, he knows him. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh, shit, they're related. Yeah. Like, they're all part of the same wackadoo tribe what, of people. And you get the same thing. Awesome. With Sally gets that oh, same man, reveal dude. that we get, yeah. where he pulls the bag off of her, and she's like, oh, fuck. And like, he is, too. Like, he's yeah, like, like, oh, it's oh, you. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> like... I thought you was in a hurry to get out of here, whatever he says. I mean, his, Shit. his offer for them to come to his house and, and eat is obviously he wants to kill him. Yeah. But if they had just taken him, if they had bought his photograph and taken him to the house and dropped him off, I bet nothing right. more would have come of it. Well, the impression that I get, too, is that, um, and, and again, there's a lot of weird very weird family dynamic kind of stuff yes, going on I, here. Uh, yeah, we got to talk love, about this. But I get the impression that the hitchhiker is kind of like Leatherface's babysitter. Mm-hmm. Because he's he supposed some, to keep Leatherface. Because yeah. Leatherface, we learn, uh, freaks out. After the killing the third person, yeah, he he's not he does not know what's happening. No, uh-uh. because Leatherface is mentally handicapped. Yeah, and that's how Gunnar Hansen played him. Yeah, Gunnar Hansen actually went to uh, asylums and studied the way that people acted. Right, and so like you know he can't talk; he just makes noises and stuff. Yeah, and he only knows what he's been shown. Yeah, you know, and the 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 first person comes in right as he's walking out into his own hallway. He kills him. Yeah, the next person comes in making a big stink. He has to chase her to kill her. The next guy comes in. He like finds the bodies, and he like Leatherface just happens along and, and yeah. comes and gets him, kills him. And then, like, runs over to the window, and he's just having, like, this I love that moment. freak out moment where he's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And, and I'm all alone. And yeah. yeah, like, I don't know what to do. I, I just killed him and put him in the refrigerator, I guess. Such a weird moment, too, because, like, from that point in the movie, 
all that all that you've seen of the killers is they're just these I, I don't know, nameless, fucking unknowable, mm-hmm. you know, third parties that are um uh causing hardship for our main characters and yeah. stuff. But then the story focuses on one of them having this private moment by themselves for yeah. a second. And it's really strange. It is strange. So do you think the hitchhiker is also the guy that does all the interior decoration for the yes. home? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's all. He's him. got an eye for design, him. He does. It's a real Joel Peter Whitkins kind of eye, <laughs> I think. Joel Peter Whitkin looks at it and he's like, mm, but pedestrian. Dude, you could I would you love could push it. it further. Like, what if you just took two decapitated heads and sewed them together at the lips? What if that was like that was an extra dude? Or no, that was just one of the main dudes on the new season of Queer Eye. Joel Peter Whitkin? Yeah, so they got I the guy that. that's for the personal style, the guy that's I for hear the he's, cooking. he's a little weird, yeah, strangely then, enough. Like, for, the, for the home decor section, there's Joel Peter Whitkins. I hear he's, he uh, he has just like a nervous laugh that's a little <laughs> off-putting, Joel Peter Whitkin. And he's like, well, to decorate your home, I've gathered some discarded corpses from the streets of Mexico. I think it'll bring a... Uh, a bit of authenticity and, and whimsy regional flair to your home <laughs> <laughs> regional flair and all the other guys are like what the fuck is going on with you <laughs> and we connected you with your father who's been disappeared for years <laughs> I think we should put severed hands on the chairs yeah probably let's do that and get out I was really enjoying this time through watching the handiwork of the the lamp that's above the dining room table mm-hmm. that's like three faces yeah. as a lampshade with uh-huh. like the eyes and mouths sewn shut. That what, is so fucking wicked. What I enjoy, because they're uh, interior decorating, I, I think that parlor room is like his workshop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, chicken feathers everywhere. Yeah, and Pam, Pam falls in there. And what I think is funny every time is... She's just sort of looking around at the floor, which, you know, is most it's animal bones is what she notices first. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird and gross. Yeah. But it's like, eh. And then she looks up and she sees a chicken in a bird cage and she starts <laughs> that's when her face goes, Huh? What the what? what? <laughs> you don't put a chicken in a bird cage? That's not a pet. That's fine. And farm then animal. she notices the the couch made out of human Woo! bones. <laughs> and then she's like, Oh fuck, this is she's weird. Like, oh, it's because crazy people live here. Yeah, ah! no, that means then the chicken makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, now I'm putting the pieces together. Yeah, but speaking, by the way, just uh, of insane moments, Pam getting up and coming out into the hall and seeing Leatherface and running out and him catching her at the door. It's just horrifying. And then just manhandling her into the kitchen. Like, he is so He's much so bigger than her. big. Yeah. I know. I know. It it's, was... it's utterly terrifying. Yeah. It really, really, really is. Yeah, the Hitchhiker character, really strange, really wily, very demented, obviously likes... Um, corpses. Corpses, yeah. I don't it, even it, know if it's that he likes corpses, that he's used to them. Like, that's yeah. his medium. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, is like, where did this fucking all start? But at the same time, he is very subservient to the cook. Yeah. And, and P.S., I also really like that none of these characters have names. No. Even in the one. credits, it's. It, it says old man old for man. the cook. Yeah. yeah, it's not even dad or whatever. Yeah. It's old man. Yeah, and he's not their dad. I don't think in the in the full like really? scheme of things. I'm not positive on that. Huh. Interesting. Um. Anyway, um, we think about the cook. The cook is the most interesting character in the movie. 
he is the one that has to maintain the guise of normalcy. Yes. Of all of them. And, and he's he, like, he seems like the guy that can... Mm-hmm. He seems like the guy that maybe grew up as a normal person and mm-hmm. decided to be fucked up or ended up being <laughs> fucked up. Whereas Leatherface and the Hitchhiker, yeah, they were around fucked up from day one. Well, I think this. I don't. I and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. But I think that the story basically of the Sawyer family is that uh, uh, Grandpa, yeah, worked at the the mill, yeah, slaughterhouse, uh, the slaughterhouse. Slaughtering cows. He was so good at it that he killed He's the best ever. Fifty bees in in like an hour hey, or something. There'd been more if the hook and pull gang could clear them beeves out faster. Uh-huh. I like that they call them beeves with a V. Yeah, well that that's because it's beef. Yeah, beeves. Here's a question for you: <laughs> How come pigs become pork? Mm-hmm. Cows become beef. Chicken's chicken. Yeah. Chicken's Why? boring, I guess. I like everybody. Was, hey, I like chicken. I do too. I like it just fine. I eat it regularly. But, but how come it's the only animal that doesn't transform? Oh man! When does a pig become pork? Well, you got to say the spell, and then you finish the slaughter, and then I think you turn around seven times seven counterclockwise. Times. Yeah, and then boom, pork. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so grand, Grandpa P.O.P. Oh, okay, so yeah, uh, Grandpa. Pep, pep. And this kind of gets developed just in this movie. Yeah. Grandpa worked at the slaughterhouse, got replaced by the air gun. The mechanized air gun thing, yeah. So he lost his job. They don't have money. Mm-hmm. At that point, the cook, who I believe is his son, would have been a bit grown up. Okay. So he didn't grow up in what eventually did happen, and that is they started taking in borders... And killing them. And, to eating, have food. and eating them. And then selling that as barbecue. Okay. And, and you know, there is also the fact that, that when humans consume humans enough, it does uh, deteriorate your, your brain. Well, that's just uh, that's just if you eat brain tissue. Well, maybe they were. Head cheese. Yeah, they do mention head cheese, so they were eating brain tissue. There we go. And they're crazy. Hey, myth busted. Myth busted. Busted. Take that, Jamie and Adam. Okay, so Pep Pep lost his job. They started having to kill people to feed him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the cook, he didn't grow up in the craziness that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. So that's why he can put on the face of normalcy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it's a, a little bit more of that moral schizophrenia that Hooper wanted oh, yeah. really going on because... The cook uses his morality as a tool. Yeah, yeah. He's not moral, but yeah. he f- he uh, puts on a moral front. I can't get no pleasure in killing. Yeah, but I can get pleasure in poking a girl in a bag with a stick. Yeah, but then at the same while time... While talking to her like nothing's, like I'm not even doing it. Yeah, are you comfortable down there? Yeah. Yeah, that, I know what you're saying. So, in other words, he's saying that the fact that he knows how to fake humanity yeah. makes him better than them. Makes him better than the hitchhiker. And yeah, and face. that's why he's in charge. Gotcha. That's why they have to listen to him because without him, they couldn't do what he does, which is bring people to them yeah. without putting uh, too much of a stink up for the cops. And he also knows how to hide stuff better. Mm-hmm. Um. Really, really just fucking gross, disturbing, weird character. Yeah. And he's one of those cats that, like, 
you feel like you could have met that guy a million yeah, no, times. Yeah, no, I've met so many dudes like that, like yeah. friends of my grandfather, where it's like, you seem a little weird, but yeah. you seem normal enough. But I don't know how much of that little weird is coming out in your normal life. Yeah. Like those yeah. scenes where he, you know, where he has Sally in the gas station and he comes back with the bag and the rope and he's like, no, I don't, I don't want no trouble mm-hmm. are so immensely disturbing. And to me, it's like they're, they're scarier scenes than the yes. guy with the, the human skin mask. Yeah. Cause you know, what's up with him. You see him immediately and you're like human skin mask. This guy's not one to fuck with. Yeah. Well, and also, too, you're just like, well, he's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his problems. Yeah. But the cook seems like he knows how to be a human. Yeah. But just kind of disregards it also. He seems so normal, which I think makes he him so He even tells disturbing. them, like, when they come to his place, like, oh, you don't want to go up there, et cetera, et cetera. Is he trying to, is he trying to save them, or is he just trying to keep them out of that fucking area? I... I think he's trying to, like, I don't, like, I think at first when he's saying you don't want to go up there, he's trying to keep them at the store so they can kill them. Okay. But then when he hears where they're going. The Franklin house. Yeah. He starts to, it's less of a urgency. And he's like, oh, you don't want to take those girls up there. Like, yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, like, he, he's less like, don't go. And more like, oh, I'll, all right. It's your daddy's house. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think at first he is trying to keep them there so they can kill them. And then when he sees that they're just going nearby and that they're almost out of gas, he's like, Oh, it'll work out fine. We'll get them. Yeah. Man, I think I was listening to, damn, I'm trying to remember which one was. Oh, it was that guy. I posted about him on our Facebook group the other day, that grumpy Andrew guy on YouTube. Uh, it's like Grumpy Andrew's Horror Reviews. Mm-hmm. He's a British dude. The British guy, yeah, yeah. And I really like his style. I really wish he would do a podcast. I think he would yeah, be I great think for he'd podcast. be good for that. I really like his stuff. Grumpy Andrew's Horror Reviews on YouTube. Shout out to Grumpy Andrew. Hey, hey, hey you. You think he's listening? Maybe. Grumpy com- Andrew, if you're listening, let us know. I commented to him on YouTube, mm. and he responded back to me. So oh, cool. He's at least listened to me there. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was on his review of the movie. He was saying that to him, like the most terrifying scene in the movie is that scene where he's leaving with Sally from the gas station, mm-hmm. because you can kind of see that he has, he has practiced enough to keep his normal societal. I'm a human mask on while he's at the gas station. Yeah. And during that scene where he's talking to her, but then, you know, he's like, are you comfortable down there? But then also poking at her with the broom and getting these sadistic, evil, giddy laughs and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, in Andrew's words, it's like that's where he's kind of letting the mask of humanity slip. And he's because he's, you know, leaving the gas station, the public sphere, he's starting to become who he really is in the car When he's her. at home. Yeah, he's becoming the guy he hides from the world yeah Yeah, which is the most terrifying thing of all about humans what really love about that scene is the way okay so he there's this one continuous shot yeah um the camera is set up uh looking through the driver's side window and it's set up so it can see through the driver's side through the passenger side in to the door Mm -hmm. it's framed really well he puts her in one continuous shot. He comes around the truck. He gets in the truck. He looks over, notices the lights are on. Yeah, exactly. Gets out, goes back, turns the lights off, locks the door, comes back, and he's like, 
Got to turn the lights off. Bills will kill electrical you. bills will kill you. Like he he is so calm in this moment, yeah. so accustomed to this. Yeah. That he remembers. Oh, like he's not even worried. She's gonna get up and run no. away. He's like, yeah, I'm doing the most extreme thing a human can do right now. But let's not be ridiculous. Let's yeah, turn let's the lights off. Turn our lights Again, off. Got to save a dollar. That weird bridge of where his uh, that moral schizophrenia yeah. is, you know, and, and that's also too like whenever he gets back to the house and he's fussing at the hitchhiker, he's like, look what your brother did to the door. Uh-huh. And Don't that, you have any pride in your household? Exactly. And and uh, that's where he's using his moral superiority. Right. That's where he's like, you know, uh, even when like he goes into the the kitchen with Leatherface and he's like, you know, he's got the rod like he's gonna beat him. Yeah. Or it's a broken broomstick like he's gonna beat him. And like every like everything that he's gonna beat him for is like fine. Like yeah. he's caught all the kids, etc. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like you he almost kinda, get away. He he kind of calms down. And he's like. The door and like just starts it like he's yeah. looking for the thing that always keeps him above them. Exactly. There's always yeah. some infraction yeah, yeah. that they've well, done, which is just the typical abusive dad yeah. thing, mm-hmm. you know, which is way fucked up. It's super fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. His character is is way deranged, and like oh. one huge question mark that I have too about that is, assuming he is the dad of Leatherface yeah. and the Let's Hitchhiker, assume. who's the fucking mom? Oh, yeah. Because that's that's never even remotely brought up. I think that is in, like, one of those prequel movies that's come out in the past 10 years. I think they get into that. I'm I'm not sure. Or maybe just the comic books. There is a deep lore in all those things, but none of those are really good movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the sequels later. I want to know if you've seen those and stuff, too. It's, it's, It's odd... And it's strange, and it's a it is a household devoid of femininity. Yeah, it's an all uh, Leatherface takes on the exactly. Role. Yeah, yeah, and and that's something that I think is is easy to ignore too is the fact that like Leatherface has multiple different faces. He mm-hmm. has the face he's wearing early in the movie, and then he has, you know, when he knows dad's coming home and he needs to be in the kitchen making dinner. Mm-hmm. He puts on a woman's face that has makeup and stuff, yeah. which again is an Ed Gein thing, yeah. uh, disguising as a woman and stuff. But at the same time, it's like the the scenes of domestic abuse that he seems to be reenacting. Yeah, he, like like uh, you know the, the the old man, the dad is even like get back in the kitchen, uh-huh. and Leatherface is then like. Yeah, like talks he the normally high does like pig noises and yeah. squeals and Grunts stuff. And but stuff, when he yeah. puts on the woman mask, he goes he high goes like, voice, <laughs> like he's imitating yeah a female voice, which is I assume just shit that he saw. Yeah, you know, I would guess. So it's like I would assume that maybe there was a mother involved, and I'm sure she was treated extremely badly. Yeah, I would assume. But also in all those cases, a lot of times, she may have been a domineering woman who, uh, yeah. uh, she may have been the one in charge. Right, yeah, could yeah. be. So, um, it's interesting. The gender dynamics yeah. in a house with uh, only, you know, Leatherface pretending to be a woman. Yeah. And then the, you know, the grandmother and grandfather are upstairs. Woo. So, uh, Grandpa just sits and stares at his dead wife. I guess that's his thing. Because she is a corpse. Yeah, that's crazy. 
I again, that is just another unexplained element that yeah. don't know. Glad they didn't answer it. I think it's yeah. cooler that they didn't. So Gosh. fucking weird. Yeah, I the, bet cook, the house the cook, smells so oh bad. Oh my god, dude, the cook freaks me out a lot. Yeah, he's creepy. I think like, the cook is actually the creepiest person in the movie. Yeah, and he he has the power over them. He control. I mean, he obviously the hitchhiker has his own wants and desires and can he kind of a couple times tries to stand up to him yeah. but never really no. he's standing up to him uh-huh. he's just saying like you can't tell me what to do old man yeah i will do it it's rebellious but, teenager stuff yeah. but even even the cook reveres pep pep grandpa yeah, yeah. and They're the grandpa all- character to me is so surreal and strange yeah, because you up. think he's dead the first time you see him. I just don't understand. I've never understood. Is he? Is that is that makeup supposed to be an old man, or is it like a weird mummified fucking corpse of a man? Well, he moves. He moves and yeah. stuff, and even the makeup moves, so it's not just like a mask, like yeah. what Leatherface is wearing or something. But. It's so surreal and strange. Yeah. It doesn't look like an old man. No. No, it looks like something like you would find in a a bad like horror movie. Yeah. Except that the makeup looks fine. It doesn't stand out too much, but it doesn't look natural. Yeah. That's I mean, yeah, he he is like a real enigma among like yeah. like what the hell and it's kind of got a little bit of that Psycho thing when Sally first goes into the house and she goes upstairs and mm-hmm. unlike Psycho where there's just one corpse upstairs, there's, there's two corpses seemingly upstairs. Seemingly two, yeah. And then you find out, oh, that one is actually alive. Oh, shit. What if what if that's Grandpa's mom? Ugh. Like, what if he is the Norman Bates of the movie? Oh, right. Like, And you're saying like second and third generation Norman Bates yeah like this Ugh. is what would happen if Norman Bates kept going kept going Jesus I mean it very well could be yeah. you know it's interesting um, but that grandpa character yeah they carry him down in his chair and like the way that whenever he sucks that blood off of her finger he's almost yeah. like he's inf- like making, he's like, yeah, he's like making baby motions and it's really disturbing and dude I love the fact that they never had him speak yeah that he's just this like decrepit shell of a human being that probably did horrific things, but you've got this fucked up family that reveres him. Yeah, and still thinks he could uh, kill someone with a hammer. Yeah, they just keep putting it in his hand, even though it's falling and out. He they doesn't just keep even, going back. Dude, you and, can tell he doesn't even know where he is. He has no idea. And what's he happening. can't hold the hammer, and they're trying to like guide his hand and stuff, and he's yeah. just fucked up. One and of useless. those hammer drops did hit her. <laughs> Oh man, you see yeah, it. <laughs> that's a real fucking sledgehammer yeah. too. <laughs> man, that that the grandpa character is just so fucking weird. Yeah, it's so out of left field, and that's that's one of my favorite things about this movie is how, you know, there there's a there's a lot of movies out there like let's say even like Halloween, right? Okay, one of my favorite movies. Great one. And pretty much as soon as you're introduced to the character of Mike Myers. And you see, okay, you know, he, he kills his sister in the first, like, minute of the movie. Mm-hmm. You pretty much know how fucked up this movie's gonna be. And it yeah. it kind of reaches its peak right there in terms of fucked up. 
this movie does this thing where the fucked up meter just keeps getting more pegged. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, it's maxed out now. Oh, God. What? Oh, God. What? Well, it is balanced, though. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mentioned this earlier. I think there's a, a, a great symmetry to the flow of this movie. The movie basically starts out uh, with lightly dark. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, comically dark, almost. Uh-huh. Like... The corpses posed all weirdly yeah, in yeah. a cemetery. And it ends up just horrendously dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the motion from there is that, you know, everything seems to get slightly weirder, slightly weirder. Yeah. And then suddenly, three deaths. Yeah. And then it's just a calm. There is, yeah. There's just a calm middle ground where... It's Franklin and Sally out by the van. Franklin and Sally have no idea what's going on. They're not really sure, et cetera. And then just pure terror yeah. again. So, like... The rhythm is great. The rhythm is great. It really, like, draws you in. And you think at that calm point that what you're going to get is more of the same. Right. More of these quick, unexpected deaths, mm-hmm. which is what happens to all the first three. And that does happen with Franklin. With a genuinely good jump scare where oh, you great. do not expect oh, Leatherface. Oh, man, it's so out of nowhere. It's, I love it. And so you expect, okay, well, now, Sally, this isn't going to be too drawn out. But then that's exactly what it is. Oh, it yeah. is the most drawn out. It's like she got all the time that that none of the others got. Totally. So it's like 30 minutes yeah, of you're Sally. Right. Everybody got offed pretty quick as soon as they got introduced mm-hmm. to the situation. And then the last 30 minutes of the movie is just torture of Sally. Yeah, and most of it is her screaming. Yeah. There's so much just oh my screaming. God, and, scre- and that's what it would be. like. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah people complain about the screaming uh, Sally Hardesty, and some people even think Sally Hardesty is more annoying than Franklin. Uh, the screaming makes sense. Yeah. What would like, you be doing? What, uh, yeah. Every, she just saw Franklin killed. Yeah. None of the other people even saw anyone killed. Like, um, the third guy sees, what what's her name, in the freezer, but he's, like, n- not even got a second to think about it before he gets slammed with an axe. Yeah. So, but she saw Franklin get killed. Yeah. Then she sees this cook guy turn into this monster. Like, she sees all of these things, right. and her reaction is exactly what it would be for most people, which, oh, what the fuck is happening? Totally. I just I love that the movie goes from okay starts with weird corpse altar whoa that's pretty weird Mm -hmm. whoa weird hitchhiker that's pretty weird whoa there's this leather face guy killing people with uh, the meat hook and stuff Mm -hmm. whoa whoa there's more of them (laughs) whoa there's an old corpse guy that they have upstairs like it (laughs) it just keeps getting more fucked up I mean to the point where and the, the the way that it builds momentum and accelerates mm-hmm. to the point of like I think the peak of the insanity of the movie is that scene where they are trying to get you know grandpa to kill Sally yeah that's where everything is just they're just everybody's talking and the music's going crazy yeah, and, and she's, she's screaming. screaming yeah yeah the music is nuts and the camera angles at that point are yeah. crazy yeah and you're sensing the very real like we said um you know, sheer terror that those people are going through filming that dinner scene after, you know, 36 hours of filming and stuff <laughs> like that. At that point in the movie, it just reaches maximum 
entropy where you're just like what the fuck is even going on Mm -hmm. and it's because the movie has just built the levels of weirdness i even feel like a movie like alien does a pretty good job of that too where it's Mm. just like whoa there is you know they're on this other planet whoa there's this face hugger thing Mm. holy shit it just busted out of his body holy shit now it's a huge alien you know yeah it builds very 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 well Whereas, again, even something like A Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like, okay, Freddy kills people in his, in your dreams. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. But it doesn't get more fucked up than that. It's interesting you mentioned Alien, because Ridley Scott did say that Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre inspired right. Alien. So, mm-hmm. that yeah, the, that pacing is, is so similar. Yeah. And just, like, that's such a good way to do a horror movie without having to rely on jump scare it, of right. course what that requires is so much intensity on set that it's gonna be tough yeah and you know maybe you're not gonna be friends with everybody at the end but, probably not now uh, what do you think about the the most you know acclaimed member of the sawyer family old leatherface uh i feel sorry for him i know that's yeah. the thing right yeah yeah because he's clearly just a product of his environment yeah if he were in a loving environment he would just be loving probably yeah yeah it's like i don't think that and again especially judging by his his confusion and stuff that you see in that one mm-hmm. scene i don't think that he's a sadistic evil person no. i don't think he's responsible for his actions Mm-mm. really 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 sad character he is you know, he is a sad character. Like, he just wants to please. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, whether that means pretending to be the mother of the family, and like uh-huh. we said, doing the domestic, or killing a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, man. But what a what an absolutely imposing, iconic it's figure, big man. Dude, yeah. Oh man, and and man, like the. I swear, I think one of the greatest scenes in any horror movie ever ever is when um who's first dude that goes into the house what's his name oh uh uh, i have it written down somewhere q jerry no uh kirk kirk whenever kirk goes into the house and he kind of like knocks on the door and he's looking around and stuff and he looks ahead and in this dingy old farmhouse there's the red room Mm. with the cow skulls and all this mm-hmm. stuff on it with a little metal ramp leading mm-hmm. up to it. And there's something about that that red, that bright red that yeah. just screams, get the fuck out of here, danger, move, leave. Yeah, but he hears a noise. He's pig noises Yeah, he hears stuff. pig noises, which is just Leatherface. Yeah, pig noises. and it's because that's the only noises he's ever known. He grew up in yeah. a slaughterhouse and stuff. Yeah. And man, whenever Leatherface just out of nowhere steps out of that doorway and hits him, smashes him, and he doesn't just die. He's, he starts dude, just shaking. He's having his legs are kicking. He's yeah. having that seizure and stuff. It just seems like the realest shit that you've ever seen in a yes. horror movie. It just seems like, oh my god, like they were filming a movie and then some crazy guy jumped out and killed this yeah. actor. And then he slams that door and it's the music is phenomenal. just phenomenal. Like, it's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. Because by that point, and that's what this movie is so good at doing, is just hitting you all at once with the most insane shit. Mm-hmm. Cause at that point you don't you've not seen Leatherface. No. I mean this we is... we as horror fans 
kind of like the xenomorph and aliens like even before you've seen alien you know what the xenomorph looks like you know what leatherface looks like before you've seen texas mm-hmm. chainsaw the first time he's a he's a horror icon yeah he was on the poster yeah exactly and but the fact that this big guy wearing this dirty bloody apron steps out wearing somebody's face over his face that's not normal you don't see that normal you don't typically not at the store and he smashes that dude there's the seizure there's the door slam that is among the greatest scenes in horror history yeah without a doubt i mean and that is unbelievable it has to be the best introduction of a horror icon I can't think of any competition. Yeah. I can't think of any. I mean, because, uh, you know, with Freddy, we see him, like, making yeah. the glove. Long arm Freddy. Yeah, and then oh, we yeah, see long arm Freddy. Yeah, yeah, but we don't see him then. No. We see him as long arm Freddy the first time, which, you know, uh, check out our Nightmare on Elm cool. Street episode. Hey, we think it's cool. on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it is so iconic and so perfectly frightening. Yeah. Love it. I do too. Yeah, man, the the Sawyer family is extremely extremely fascinating and fucked up. And again, their dynamic, their family dynamic, their lack of uh, a female around, the temporary female of Leatherface. It's all extremely fascinating. But I got to point out too, man. I mean, the house itself is just as integral of a character in the movie. And it really freaks me out because there's so many of those kinds of houses here in the South. Yeah, that looked like that looks so familiar, that house. You me see too. that exact house. You drive around any of these back roads around here, you're probably going to see one. Yeah, exactly. It might be overgrown in weeds and brambles mm-hmm. and stuff. But, you know, we're, we're in East Tennessee, for those of you guys who don't usually listen to our show. And I can't tell you how many times I ended up at somebody's, somebody's, you know, mamaw's house. Uh-huh. And, you know, it'd be the middle of the summer. It wouldn't have air conditioning. Oh, God. And the wallpaper was peeling at the corners. Uh-huh. And, and then just, they served you human meat. Yeah, like they do. Yeah. And it just seems so real to me, man. Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah. Like, even the, the surrounding area looks very similar to the area i mean it's a little bit drier looks like but it looks similar to this area i've ran through woods as a child absolutely and that that scene where she's being chased by him through the woods like that's the thing i worry about when i'm in the woods getting mutilated by those brambles and sticks and stuff again more misery oh we should talk though about how sally is the prototypical final girl yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, she... she um, This movie doesn't have sex. Uh, it doesn't have yeah. drugs. No. no Nobody's drinking. Other than that drunk guy at the cemetery. Well, yeah, but he's not a part of the group. No. Um, yeah, that is interesting, yeah. Nobody I does anything in this movie to deserve death. Yeah, there's not the typical Friday the 13th, let's go skinny dipping, let's yeah. do drugs. But as we've talked about, those ideas of the final girl, they're not they're not around at this time. Like, Laurie Strode smokes weed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are people who have sex that are still final girls in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But she she fits the the prototype. She fits that that um, 
exact ideal of she's this young pretty girl um she's just out with her friends having fun mm. all of her friends get picked off she doesn't know what's happening and she has uh, until, no prior like training like yeah. you know she's not she's not she's some, just a normal all, person yeah, yeah she's not a badass who showed up she's just a normal person and she by you know luck or cunning or something uh, is able to escape at the end um and like all final girls especially the 70s and 80s she you either end up in an insane asylum or you yeah. end up uh, dying in the sequel right right and right, right. she ends up in an insane asylum in one of the sequels so really yeah i didn't know about four. that okay She's in an insane yeah. asylum. um i think they mention it in two but uh interesting thing the other prototypical final girl i think of is uh is jess from uh black christmas okay yeah and she she doesn't exactly fit the mold because she's trying to have an abortion yeah oh yeah yeah that's right i forgot about that but she fits in every other way she's innocent etc she seems really kind and cares about people and then she ends up being the one in the end who survives that movie came out 10 days after this wow so after this after this so that that final girl model was really created uh, in 1974, in October of 1974, Dang. really came to between these two movies. Between these two movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas. So that's so fucked up. All they the final girls close. in the great 80s horror movies we we will keep covering. Yeah, they come from here. And that's the weird thing about this movie too that I find is is really interesting is the way that it makes you dislike good people and like bad people. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, like, our kids and stuff, right? Like, Franklin and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're stoked to see Franklin die. Yeah, he's annoying, but he's not bad. He, he didn't do anything He didn't wrong. do anything. It's like, yeah, he's an annoying person, but you know what? It would fucking suck, especially in the 70s, to be a handicapped person. Yeah, there's no ramps there's, anywhere. Yeah, exactly. There's, no, there's nobody looking out for your ass. If you're mm-hmm. a guy in, in a wheelchair in the 70s, mm-hmm. nobody fucking cares about you. No. Like you said, there's no ramps. They have to put down fucking two-by-fours to get him out of the van. He has to piss in a, a coffee can. Mm-hmm. Everything sucks when you're Franklin. Yeah. They but go the, upstairs when they get to the... Yeah, they just fucking ditch him because you can't go upstairs. Yeah. yeah. And it's so shitty that even whenever he gets cold, you know, murdered in cold blood by a fucking chainsaw... You're, You're like, like, good, fuck him. Yeah. But then at the same time, whenever we see those scenes, like I said, of domestic abuse and stuff, of like poor, poor, you know, fucked up in the head Leatherface getting treated like an abused wife or whatever, mm-hmm. even though at that point we have seen him murder three people. Yeah. And understand that that's not the first time. We still feel you still bad. Feel bad for him. Yeah, you feel bad for him. It really, this movie, I think, deliberately fucks with you that way, mm-hmm. where it makes you feel bad things towards good people and good things towards bad people. It's really fucked up, and I can't really think of much else that does that. I mean, I think that later movies like Sansa Lambs and stuff like that did that to you with Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, you you find him charming. You, yeah, uh, but he is a cannibal and a cold-blooded yeah. murderer. Yeah, we get reminded of that later. Yeah, exactly. Uh. 
And I think that other movies kind of picked up on that, but I think this movie does it in a way that is more fucked up than all of them. Yeah. Well, Ben, what do you think? I think that I wonder about Hooper's career and if this was just a lucky a lucky shot in the dark for him. I don't think it was luck. I mean, he he did he did some stuff after but his career was never great. He did Salem's Lot, which was a TV movie. It's okay. That yeah, it got good reviews. He didn't exactly direct Poltergeist. Probably not. Um, he did. He did do some movies that I haven't seen, but have good reviews, like Eaten Alive and Fun House. I haven't seen either. Actually, I watched the Fun House. It's eh, it's okay. Okay. And then he also directed Life Force. I never seen Life Force. Um, I know. I know some people like it though. Some people really like that movie. Yeah. But the consensus on it is that it's definitely weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> definitely weird. So Got he. It. But that's the thing about him is that he definitely did have an artistic uh, voice that he had crafted. Yeah. It. I just don't think he was given the same opportunity to be him as, say, a John Carpenter or Wes Craven was. Mm -hmm. But that's the same issue that George Romero ran into. Is that they maybe were a little too early and a little too independent Mm -hmm. to uh, fit into the studio system and to make those type of studio horror movies. Right. But yeah, his his career kind of just fizzled, and he made a lot of stuff that people really didn't appreciate at all. And I've never really watched a lot of his movies because they're so off the beaten track. They're not the normal stuff that you hear people talking about as great horror movies or great movies. So yeah, yeah, he kind of went downhill despite the fact that he showed so much talent in this. Yeah. Because this is one of the most singular, genre-defining, so ahead of its time that it seems like it could be made by ancient aliens horror flicks ever. I mean, like I said, it's like you watch this now. I watch this, now that I think about it, whenever I watched it, it was probably right at the, this movie is 40 years old mark. Oh, okay. And I was still just like, I cannot believe how fucked up this movie is. Yeah. I mean, it's so much more fucked up than, you know, I don't care, Saw or Hostel or... Way more fucked up than those things. And I think it's because it just has such a realness about it. Like, there's there's nothing in this that couldn't happen. The thing that I've always... And I can't believe I haven't mentioned this. I I guess it's just... I think I've said it several times on other movies we've done. But when a movie like this one has such horrific things happen in the broad daylight it seems so much worse yeah Yeah. people like people when they're making horror they think like well night night is automatically scary yeah and toby hooper was thinking i'm going to make daytime scary yeah and he does yeah a lot of this movie has that remember how i said in jaws it seems like it's all about like 4 p.m on a sunday uh a lot of this movie seems like it's like 4 p.m on a sunday Uh just a normal everyday time and it's hot as balls the sun's at you know the highest point and it just (laughs) sucks and then also horrible things are happening and your friends are getting murdered yeah it's just not the time you expect it if it comes when it's expected 
then it's like you might get somebody to jump, maybe squirm a little bit. Yeah. But when this happens in broad daylight, yeah, like at the end, like they're not even trying to like keep her from getting out in the road. They're so cocky about killing her, killing her that the the hitchhiker is just like He's slashing up her, her yeah. back with his uh, straight razor. Yeah, and like. They're they're like yeah, let the world see this is what we fucking do. We kill people and eat them. Yeah. So yeah, it gets brash, and that that adds to how demented and how much it will always have that power. I think you know at a certain point people probably leave it behind. I don't know when do we leave movies behind? Right. Yeah. Like I still this, like movies from the nineteen twenties. This one I don't think sure. is one that'll ever get left behind because I think that it just touches on so many things that are so timeless and quintessential mm. to horror and yeah. being terrified. You know? I'm sure there are filmmakers right now trying to make horror movies who have never seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That makes no sense to me. Yeah. It makes no sense. Well, that guy who made Jason 10 never saw a single Friday the That's 13th. So. I think this movie is, is completely timeless and incredible. You know, the, the soundtrack, the entire movie is just so constantly fucking weird mm-hmm. and it it's so unrecognizable like there's so many other horror flicks that have orchestral scores and stuff like that oh, yeah. like, oh a timpani you know <laughs> a french horn yes the things i need when i want to be scared yeah but in this movie it's just weird fucking ambient sounds and distorted strange animal sounds and i don't even know what the typical you know, there's again the Texas Chainsaw sound that mm-hmm. like I don't even know what that is. I don't have a clue what that is. I don't either. And it makes it so much scarier yeah. because very much like the the motives and actions of the Sawyer family, I can't understand it and I don't know what it is, and so it freaks me out. Yeah, I think the performances are, um, are you know I'll put it this way: whenever whenever the kids are just being normal kids and stuff, whatever they're fine. It's average seventies horror mm-hmm. stuff. They're fine. They're better than a lot of um, yeah. horror films from that era that I've seen. But whenever it is in the terror zone, I mean, people talk about um, Jimmy Lee Curtis being a scream queen and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Dude, she has nothing on Sally. No. The amount of just sheer terror uh-huh. and misery that she portrays on yeah. screen is unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable, dude. I mean, I it's just like you you watched a found footage of somebody being chased by a psychopath with yeah. a chainsaw. Her terror on screen is palpable, phenomenal. I like a lot of the weird subtext and overtones, again the meat industry stuff, just I think that's just generally kind of the the overall meaning of the movie is how scary it would be to be treated as a livestock and be killed by these things that want to eat you. Mm-hmm. Um that have no passion or no feelings for your emotions mm-hmm. or your well-being they don't fucking care yeah you're just an animal though. yeah like your your, your screams and stuff don't affect them in the least they're just gonna kill you and toy with you and maybe even enjoy it in the process mm-hmm. uh, I think that that is utterly terrifying I think that that's kind of some subtext in the movie um, I love the fact that it's not that gory yeah it really isn't it's that's not. crazy I mean aside from um uh, maybe when he cuts his leg, yeah, you there's see not a lot of, of blood no. until the very end. 
And I mean, it's Sally being covered in her own blood. Yeah. And then past that, it's like whenever Leatherface chainsaws Franklin, there's like a little bit of blood spray. Just a little. It's yeah. not much. But that's and, in the dark. Yeah. And even in yeah. some prints, you can barely see it. Yeah. On the DVD, you can see it okay. Putting Pam on the meat hook, that's one of those things that people... Ugh. People... Rem- like, people remember seeing the meat hook go through her. Yeah. But it doesn't. No, it doesn't happen. And that doesn't happen at all. No, you just don't, see You hanging. don't even see blood. And I love it, too, that the, the special effects guy said... You know, initially, Toby wanted them to show it. They wanted to show the meat hook going through and uh-huh. stuff. But the special effects guy... Which I don't know if this is just like a bullshit him trying to get out of work thing, or maybe if he was being serious, he was like, "If people see the hook going through the body, they'll be watching this movie going, wow, how did they do that? Yeah, how did they pull that effect Instead off? Instead of focusing on the the fact that she's being hung on a meat hook and yeah. made to watch her boyfriend get cut up by a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is the way more fucked up thing. Yes. Uh, so the choice to not show a lot of this stuff, I think, is just fantastic it's that theater of the mind thing where you're like you said your brain auto completes this in the worst possible way mm-hmm. even though that was never shown on screen mm-hmm. and it's funny because i know i've had complaints about other movies in the past where i'm like yeah i could use more blood and guts but this one yeah did it perfect yeah it did it perfectly and it didn't need to show anything it's phenomenal it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time without a doubt i agree uh, it's it, on a on a scale of ten. I cannot go anything other than ten. I'll, I mean, it's not an enjoyable watch. It's not like a. I have a blast watching this. Yeah. But God damn it, it is phenomenal. Well, Ben, let me tell you something about these scales. Where you is? They go to eleven. You're going eleven. It's an eleven. <laughs> oh, that's a first. Eleven out of ten. That's a dead and lovely first right there. Yeah. I didn't this even is, think to go beyond the 10. These scales go to 11. Oh, my God. Um, this movie has so much. Everything you've said and everything we've said. Um, there's really not much more I could say about it. Except uh, I noticed this time that the guy who washes the windows is funny. I Also, it's funny you bring him up, man. Is he part of the family? Does he know what's I going on? I think he just works for... I don't think, I think he, he just works there. And he seems to be not very bright. Because yeah. he just, like, follows the cook. Yeah. Like, the cook walks up to the van. He walks up to the van and starts washing. The cook starts walking away. He starts walking away. The yeah, cook comes yeah, back. Yeah. He comes back, starts washing. All right. Wash the windows yeah. again. It's That's true. Yeah, there there's some little dark comic moments in this movie. There that are. I don't I, notice much before. I know that I've seen some people kind of like, you know, rate this movie as a as a dark comedy and it's like I see very very little humor other yeah, than Yeah, no, it's mostly it, not humorous. No, and, and like I said, even some of the parts that people point out as being funny, like the look what you did to the door, I think that that's more just emotional terror that yeah. the cook is wreaking. I don't think it's funny. Yeah, I don't find that funny at all, no. No. On yeah. 11 out of 10. Yeah. Now, have you seen the sequels? Yes. I've all seen um I've seen 2, I've seen uh 3 and 4. Yeah. I saw the remake of the original and then I saw the Leatherface prequel that came after that and I haven't seen any since then. I've seen 2, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Yeah, two's fun. Yeah, it's a it's a meta horror movie. And to me, like uh, the transition, I think I've said this before. The transition from Texas Chainsaw One to Two, uh huh, reminds me so much of Frank Miller's 
you know, Dark Knight yeah. versus Dark Knight Strikes Again, uh-huh. where suddenly it's this like Technicolor, weird, crazy, cocaine fueled mm-hmm. madness going yeah. from part one, which was Dennis this Hopper's dark, there phenomenal in fucking, both cases. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was in that, right? In Pretty the, sure in the comic book. I saw one of the newer ones. And it was so forgettable that I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, it was probably the Leatherface prequel thing that I was thinking of. It might have been. Because that one's pretty forgettable. Don't they like try to explain that he was in like a asylum? Yeah, I think so. And no. It's so forgettable. He was raised by fucked up people. Um, Leatherface, part three. It's called Leatherface. Uh, it's enjoyable. Is it? Yeah. It, I think it has Viggo Mortensen in it. Oh. Then part four... Is written and directed by Kim Hankel, who wrote oh, uh, okay. this, and is weird, but worth checking out. Really? It has Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger oh, in it. Oh, that one? Before it's they like were famous. The, the New Generation or something uh, like that? Also has Judd Nelson in it. There, Whoa. There's like a weird conspiracy angle in it. It's, it's a strand. Leatherface is more of a, a trans character, more of a cross-dressing really? trans-type character. Not really. I don't remember exactly where he falls on that, but he yeah. definitely uh, is a. It's it's different. It's weird. I do recommend three for sure, but you should check out four. I will. Yeah. Now earlier I mentioned I would like to watch an Emperor's New Groove after this to yeah. kind of cleanse my palate. Yeah. How do you cleanse your palate on this one? Yeah. What do you think? What are you gonna watch? After a League this? of Their Own helped. A League of Their Own's a good yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed that. I mean, it's it's a it's a sweet story, etc. But yeah. it's kind of maybe too bittersweet. A little bit, a little bit. Well, well, especially the Alzheimer's stuff. Yeah, that's. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's the... me, your sister, kid. Don't you remember? Oh no, I'd forgotten. <laughs> Everyone so... has to do. It's funny because I watched about half of the movie last night, uh-huh. and then I watched the other half this morning. Weird watching this movie first thing in the morning while you drink your coffee. I'll say that. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. But after I watched about half of it last night, I did watch myself some good mythical morning. Yeah. That that'll helped. do it. Oh, check out Summer School. Yeah. Summer School was what introduced me to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? Because in Summer School, the two guys that are like, you know, the uh, horror movie addicts, they watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And Summer School is probably not funny anymore. I haven't seen seen it it since I was Mm -mm. like 10 or something. But uh, I I remember it being a light romp. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know... There's some horror elements, not really horror elements, but more of like gore effects that those two horror guys make. Cool. I would say one of my other go-to feel-good romps, it's going to be a Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It's a feel-good romp. It's just a silly movie. Yeah. Ellie Larder rips a fart. She does. She does that. It's just a fun movie. (laughs) We're also got a fun one coming up next week on the show. We do. You know what? You could watch Tremors. With Reba McIntyre. With Reba McIntyre. I know what I'm I like. Reba. I like Fritos. <laughs> Have you noticed that her... Listen, we'll talk about this next week. Okay. But Reba's country accent okay. has changed over the years. Has it? And it's gotten more of a this character to it. Oh, my God. I'm Reba McIntyre. Like a female from... Jimmy Stewart. I... <laughs> 
racist Jimmy Stewart. Here's your one chance, Fancy. Don't don't let me down. Don't let me down like one of them Puerto Ricans. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's not really racist. Hey, and if you guys want to come in here, let no, me... not that guy. That's Listen. not a guy. That's not the. <laughs> we don't have him. So we're gonna be covering Tremors next week's old. Some Reba tracks. Kev- oh. Kevon Bacon. Uh huh. Kevin Bacon. Um, Tremors is just fun. Silly just movie. Just a fun horror movie. Yeah. From beginning to end. So I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll talk about it next week. Where can they follow us if they get lonely? Um, at Dead Lovely Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We have the Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast fan page on Facebook, which is awesome. It's the um, best. Shout out to Wilt Cow Grimes for his. Uh, he's amazing. What may be our first t-shirt design. Yeah, it was fantastic. Of me and my quote, I smoked crack once. Yep. It's a good one. A good <laughs> um, one. and also you can email us at dead and lovely pot at gmail.com. Drop some suggestions for movies. You guys like to see covered rate and review us on iTunes helps us out a ton. And it just takes you one sweet second of your time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for another sweet and sassy episode of dead and lovely sweet sassy molassy goodbye